wherever you are and uh, continues over the next two or three as well because there's uh, so much to entertain us. Uh, we bring our show to you courtesy of Brand, of course, your local John Deere equipment suppliers. They're also experts in agriculture and they're also at the field days. And uh, by all accounts, it's been a really uh, fascinating field days, a lot of information um, and a lot of talk going on about the, the future, of, of course, um, but um, the level of spending is uh, a big question mark. So um, <coughs> we'll get a review of that actually um, next week when we speak to uh, Andy Thompson. But yep, uh, field days, day three. Uh, first up this morning, we've got to preview the Super Semi-Finals, don't we? So let's go to Ca uh, Campbell Burns, of course, who is the editor of the Rugby News. Uh, it's as simple as that. We shall go to him and um, get his take on how he thinks uh, this weekend of semi-final action is going to unfold. Double eight, double three is our text line. You know it. Um, text us uh, on any subject you like, any prediction that you've got over the weekend. Uh, we will have uh, an announcement of our Ashes Sweep Prize. Of course, let's uh, not forget that this is still open as well. Uh, leading run scorer, uh, top wicket taker, and also, of course, uh, we'll be talking about the, uh, the end result of the Ashes. Who's going to win it and by what margin? So uh, let's not forget that. Um, that uh, prize uh, will be announced just after 9.30. It's a doozy. Don't worry about that. Uh, Cam George after 10 o'clock. Cameron George after 10 o'clock this morning because uh, New Zealand uh, Thoroughbred Racing stakes announcement yesterday. We can also talk to him, of course, uh, about the Warriors and uh, Go Media Mount Smart Stadium. So we'll, we'll, um, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk to Cameron about a number of issues uh, after 10. Guy Havelt uh, will be with the bulletin this morning. Guy Havelt, who is uh, an un unashamed Crusaders man. So uh, we'll have a bit of a bias there, I would imagine. We'll talk to Pip Morris just before 11. Uh, after 11 o'clock, uh, we're going to go to Wales. Go to Wales and talk to a fellow by the name of Alan Wilkins, who is one of the most professional broadcasters uh, we've seen in the last uh, 20 to 30 years. He covers everything. Uh, he is a former first-class cricketer for, for uh, Gloucestershire and for Glamorgan. His take on uh, the Ashes coming up tonight. Uh, we we'll, uh, won't be able to talk to Michael Guerin this morning in his usual 11.45 slot, but... Uh, we'll have uh, an alternative there because Michael, of course, is on his way to Ascot. How good's that? Rightio, let's get on to it. Sport is our religion. And here is Smithy's sermon. Well, here's a test. A small test, or is it a big test, for have we fallen out of love with rugby? I mean, if you had the cash and you could get the tickets, what sporting event would you go to now? In days gone by, All Blacks vs France. Opening match, World Cup, just a given, isn't it? Just an absolute given. But if I said to you, you could have tickets to the Ashes. You could have tickets to the US Golf Open. You could go to Ascot, get all the luxuries of Ascot. Maybe uh, you could go to Wimbledon, sit centre court. Just a small, a small selection that you could choose from. Would it still be the All Blacks against France in the opening match of the Rugby World Cup? I mean, that's the acid test, isn't it? The acid test is the All Blacks. Because that's what we've sacrificed everything for. Everything is directed in, in that. We sacrifice Super Rugby, the quality of it, for the All Blacks, for the World Cup. So does that mean you'd sacrifice other options for that as well? It's a great subject, actually. It's, a, it's, it's an interesting choice. Would you rather just sit on the couch and watch the lot and take the money? rather than go to the game or go to the event. 
that to me is the uh, acid test. Would you still go watch the All Blacks if you had all those other options lined up in front of you? Is it the standout that it was 10 years ago? Not sure that it is. After 9.30 this morning, we're going to encourage you to ring and uh, we'll talk to you about that subject. We will talk to you about the possibility of us falling out of love, not just with rugby, but the All Blacks. That doesn't seem possible, does it? It doesn't. Surely not. Let's get on with the show. Well, I guess in a way it is the final countdown for two teams this weekend because we're heading into semi-final action of uh, Super Rugby. And there will be two winners uh, at the end of uh, tonight and tomorrow night. And of course, uh, the season will be done and dusted for the others. And for uh, at least one super coach tonight, his job with his franchise will be done. It's uh, Scott Robertson against Leon McDonald, of course. Uh, and one of them won't have a job in terms of Super Rugby tomorrow, but they know where they're heading. Uh, it gets really very interesting when you start talking about the Crusaders hosting the Blues before the Chiefs and the Brumbies in town tomorrow night. Uh, it's just finals footy. On pure numbers, the Crusaders and Blues rivalry hasn't really been that since the early days of Super Rugby. That The Blues have had a very good side under Leon McDonald and uh, will pour everything into spoiling Razor's last ride tonight, or will it be? The Crusaders have not um, managed to shake their injury bug and rely on unrivaled finals experience in the, amongst their group. And the motivation, this is for Sam Whitelock, Richie Moanga, and of course Scott Robertson, who won't be there next year. To talk about it and to preview these uh, two important matches is uh, Campbell Burns. He is the editor of the Rugby News magazine and he's with us now. Campbell, good morning to you. Very good morning to you, Smithy. Right, okay, let's get stuck into it. Um, the numbers say, and I'm quoting here uh, on what I've read, uh, Crusaders of these encounters, 17 of the last 18. They won 15 out of the last 16 at home against the Blues. It almost seems like an, an impossible task, but is it for Leon McDonald and his group? No, 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 it's certainly not um, mission impossible uh, for, for Leon's men, um, particularly when you consider that Crusaders uh, injury list, particularly in the forwards. So... Uh, I haven't checked the weather forecast. I'm sure it's going to be uh, cold at least in, in Christchurch tonight, but uh, th this will be a big test of the Blues pack and um, and what they're capable of because I think they're only missing Patrick Tuipalutu of their, of their starting eight in the pack. So uh, it's all going to go on the on the Blues pack tonight and they have been a bit up and down through most of the season, but if they get it right, I think they can really pressure the, the Crusaders. Um, but will that be enough to, to, to get through to the final um, and what would be a, still would be a, a fairly big upset uh, if that transpired. Campbell, I just wonder about the mental side of it. You've covered a lot of uh, high-profile, very, very important rugby uh, in your time. You've been doing this uh, gig for over 20-something years. I mean, I, I look at the mental side of it. If you've, you've been to the well so often and come up empty, uh, I just wonder what Leon McDonald could be saying to his troops as they walk out. Yeah, well, that's going to be the interesting thing. I think it does come down to key players in the Blues uh, 
standing up, uh, taking command of the of the Ford exchanges. Bowden Barrett uh, sorting out his tactical kicking game. Um, so I think that's one of the things. And I think Leon McDonald touched on that in the in media uh, during the week that that kicking game is going to be crucial because uh, Barrett on several occasions has not kicked well tactically. It's not his forte. Um, he's up against Richie Mawonga, who, uh, who who kicks much better tactically. Uh, although I have to say, when Mawonga went down injured um, last week, I, I feared the worst because I would have thought if he wasn't playing tonight, then the Blues would just about have favouritism. But I think that, that that kicking game is going to be key there. But that does go back to what sort of platform the, the, the Blues forwards will provide for him. So uh, the acid test for the Blues forwards, who, who were so good last year, I mean, they were the best team um, right through the season until the final. So, um, you know, if they can draw on some of that and get some good performances out of the likes of Tom Robinson and offered Tom of Farsi um, and uh, uh, Kira Iwani, who's starting tonight, uh, then that could be that could be crucial. But I'm sure Leon McDonald has stressed um, calmness and, the, and that kicking game uh, beyond most other things. I look at the engine rooms there and I look at the two locking combinations. Okay, um, there's no doubt that uh, Scott Barrett's had plenty of experience in the locking department and big games, of course, with the All Blacks, etc., uh, he's alongside Quentin Strange, uh, never been an All Black, uh, up against uh, James Tucker uh, and Tom Robinson, of course, uh, who fit into that bracket as well. Uh, very, very inexperienced in terms of big match football, those two combinations. How do you see that? Yeah, look, I think, uh, yeah, well, we certainly know what, what Barrett can do um, as skipper there, but Strange has, has been around. He's played he's played close to 50 games for the, uh, the Crusaders. Um, he's been close to the All Blacks. He's performed pretty well this year. Um, he's not Sam Whitelock, um, so he won't be. Uh, he won't have as much of a say in the lineouts as we saw in last year's final. But I think uh, James Tucker's a very good footballer. Um, he's slotted in there. There's been an injury to Sam Derry, which has taken him out for the season. Also, Tui Polotu. Tom Robinson's been marginalised a bit at the Blues this year, but uh, played very well last week. Um, I think he's a very, very good footballer, and um, he's, he's uh, departing next year, so he'll be wanting to go out on a high. So. I mean, both those guys, Tucker and Robinson, can win line-out ball, and Tucker, of course, going home to where it all started for him at St. Bede's College, so he'll be uh, he'll be up for a big one. So, I don't yeah, I don't see any uh, any problem about um, either of those combinations taking command of their own ball, at least when it comes to line-outs. How do you see the loose forward uh, battle there? Because uh, of course, the Crusaders uh, thought they had Ethan Black out of back, they haven't, so uh, they're relying. Pretty heavily on uh, a combination that served them well in uh, Christian Leo Willie, uh, Tom Christie, and Sioni Havili Talatui. Uh, and of course, uh, if you look across uh, the other side, you're staring down the barrel of three All Blacks. Can they match at the Crusaders in the loose board area? Well, they'll certainly try and uh, try and match them at the um, breakdown because they've selected two open sides, the Crusaders and Tom Christie, who's been good all year. Sioni Havili um, is also mainly a number seven, so you can clearly see that they're going to be targeting that um, loose ball. So Dalton Papali will have his hands full there. Um, obviously, Kerry Iwani um, ranges a bit wider. Um, he plays a different sort of role than, than uh, Sione Havili will be doing. But Christian Leo Willey, um, who's a very versatile footballer, has played very well at number eight. Most of the, I think he's played every single game this year. Um, the only qualified dentist among his professional rugby players. So he's, he's a good footballer as well. And I know Cullen Grace would have been probably the first choice had he been available, but that, that's still a pretty good uh, loose trio the Crusaders will present, but it's, it's clear that they will target that, that loose ball area with two open sides. 
Do you think uh, there are any matchups tonight that will influence Ian Foster in his selection this week? And I, I look at uh, a bracket like a Leicester Fanganuku and a Mark Talia type matchup. Where does Caleb Clark fit into the picture in terms of what he has to achieve tonight? Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting on the wings because um, I think uh, there's room for both Leicester Fanganuku and Caleb Clark in the All Blacks. Uh, Mark Talia certainly there. He's the form number 14. But I think probably if you're looking matchups. That may affect selections. Uh, Nepo Laulala versus Tamiti Williams at scrum time. I mean, I think Tamiti Williams will be one of the rookies chosen on Sunday night. But uh, Nepo Laulala, who is a very good scrummager, um, probably needs needs a big performance. Um, he needs a, he needs a dominant performance, perhaps to to sway Ian Foster's uh, view on that, because we're we're we are a bit short on on fit props, uh, fit experience props. He certainly fits the bill. So uh, big game for for Nepo. At scrum time against the real the real comer and Tamiti Williams. Right, let's uh, just uh, look to tomorrow night as well, if we can, uh, Campbell, because of course it's the Chiefs hosting the Brumbies. Only stumbled once this season, um, the Chiefs, of course. But I, I just I just have this worry and concern about the Brumbies because uh, take away the Crusaders, the Brumbies have been Australia's version as such. They know how to play at this stage of the season and I think a major, major threat to the Chiefs here who have to be fully on watch. Yes, yes, look, uh, 100%, I agree there. Um, I'd have to say the Brumbies were, were very lucky to get through last week. I mean, that was certainly a try from Adi Savia uh, was, was my take on it. But uh, the Brumbies are through. They'll have very little to lose. Uh, they know that no one's expecting um, expecting them to go any further here. But the Chiefs, have shown a few fallibilities. They would have been pleased to get through without playing their best rugby last week against the Reds. Um, but I see they've stiffened up their team a bit. Tupo Vai's back, uh, Alex Nankerville's in the midfield. So you would expect the Chiefs to really start um, start to perform uh, much better than they have in, in recent weeks um, and to really to justify their top billing. So they'll still be very much favourites, but they will have to combat that Brumby's uh, rolling mall, of course. And I see there are four uh, Brumbies who have uh, New Zealand connections, including uh, Hawks Bay's own, uh, very own uh, Ollie Sapsford on the wing there yeah. for the Brumbies. So, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that, that'll be an interesting subplot as well. But certainly the Chiefs still favourites. Right. I, um, players that uh, perhaps have either in uh, or could, uh, with a big uh, last couple of weeks, will get uh, the nod from Ian Foster as well in the Chiefs group. A lot of talk about Sean Stevenson, a hell of a lot of talk about Sean Stevenson. I think it's fair to say Will Jordan isn't back to the Will Jordan we'd like to see for various reasons, but Stevenson, uh, Narawa has been in the mix as well, uh, of course. Uh, Luke Jacobson, uh, because of the form of the side, uh, there's so many people. Sama Penifino is another one, another name that people are talking about. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think uh, Sean Stevenson uh, will just about be in. Um, I think he's played that well at fullback all season. He can play on the right wing as well. I'm not sure whether there's going to be room for um, Imoni Narawa uh, if you're taking Mark Talia and Jordan and McKenzie and Stevenson. So that might be a tough one. But again, uh, a big performance tomorrow night may sway the selectors there. Uh, Luke Jacobson, I think, will be in given... Certainly now that Ethan Blackadder uh, will be out for a few weeks and may not may not make the rugby championship squad. So Luke Jacobson, he's playing eight tomorrow night, but I think six is his best position. Uh, he can still get in. Somebody Penny Finau has been the big mover, I think. He's a guy who can play six, eight or lock. Um, it's a question, question of whether they take him at the expense of Shannon Prezell or 
take both of them. Um, maybe there is room. It depends if they go with seven loose forwards. But you know, th- th- those are, those four players are certainly some of the form players that the Chiefs have um, shown all year. So they'd be right in the mix. Your uh, your halfbacks. That, he'll name three halfbacks, I would imagine. So, I mean, uh, Roy Gard can do no more. Um, and then you've got uh, those guys that uh, have served uh, Ian Foster pretty well. I'm, I'm talking about the Finlay Christie's Aaron Smith's a given, of course. You throw Brad Weber into the mix, who's heading off at the end of the year. Uh, and uh, still, you've got the Fokotava factor as well. Where do you think he's going to draw the line there? Yeah, that's, the, that's a tough one because five into three doesn't go. But I think Aaron Smith's certainly a lock. Uh, Brad Weber, uh, I think, has played well enough to get in. Maybe he'll need a good performance tomorrow night. But then you've got Roy Gard. Um, as you say, he, he, he can't do any more, but he's played well enough to get in. It's just a question of whether Finlay Christie uh, may be the man. We highlighted the two of them on our June cover, um, Roy Gard versus Christie. It may come down to that. Uh, I think Okotava may just be a bit unlucky. Um, he may have to rely on injuries because uh, uh, he may just get squeezed out there. But that's a very tight um, second and third halfback choice, uh, so which may, may be determined by how Christie plays tonight and how Weber plays tomorrow night. How important uh, for, I mean, I'm not sure whether you saw uh, the, the program the other night with Paddy Gower and, and of course, uh, Andrew Gordy doing a lot of the, the hard yards there as well. I, I just wonder, do you, are you, do you subscribe to the theory we might be falling out of love with rugby? I mean, it's your business. Do you, you must be able to monitor that. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one because it doesn't always um, translate into bums on seats. So Super Rugby crowds have struggled a bit this year, except for local derbies, as it were. But I know the TV view, uh, viewing figures are still strong and, and very good in, in most cases. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are still engaged with the game, but they engage in different in different ways. They're watching it on TV, they're on social media. They don't always get to the game. Uh, you'd like to think that's the case, and that's a tough one for the marketing departments of a lot of these franchises, but uh, particularly when the weather's starting to get uh, cold and wet. But, yeah, you know, you know, I think, I mean, it's. I guess it's also tied up with the All Blacks. Um, you know, the All Blacks didn't have a great season last year, so people, people feel a bit down about things, but all it takes is uh, for the All Blacks to start winning and playing well, and you see those numbers come back up in terms of crowd numbers. So I, I don't fully subscribe to the fact that uh, we're on a downer about rugby, but uh, it does have its ebbs and flows. But I think there's still people engaged in the game. And, uh, and, and look, I was at a club game last week, 500 people, a uh, good crowd, a lot on the bar, people were having a good time. It just seemed like a good vibe. Um, but that doesn't always translate into 20,000 getting to a super rugby game. Pickett and uh, who are the two finest? Pickett and two then for us, uh, Campbell? Yeah, well, my uh, my heart says Blues tonight, but my head says Crusaders, and I think that uh, that kicking game, um, Moonga versus Barrett, could be decisive. So I'll go uh, Crusaders one to twelve, and tomorrow night I think the Chiefs will be uh, be too good there, but that'll be tight to one to one to twelve. I, I did note that if the Blues and the Brumbies won, then back to Eden Park, and I'd, I wonder if anyone's inquired about Eden Park's availability for the June twenty four final, but uh, we, we, we may not need to get there. Okay, uh, Campbell Burns, uh, always great to catch up with you. Thanks, editor of uh, the Rugby News magazine. Uh, look forward, look forward to the two games over the weekend. Cheers for those thoughts and uh, those all black, all black thoughts as well. Very valuable. Cheers, Campbell. All right, mate. Thanks, mate.
It is uh, okay. It's nine twenty-two here on SENZ. Uh, we shall uh, take a, a short break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll get uh, into these talkback subjects. And uh, Louis Herman Watt has been working overtime with the sales department uh, in terms of prizes uh, for our big sweepstake, and that is, uh, of course, uh, the leading wicket taker, leading run scorer. And who will win the Ashes by what, Australia or England? And uh, already coming this morning, Mikey G's come in with uh, England 3-2. Uh, every game's going to have a result. That would be cool, Mikey. Ollie Robinson, top wicket-taker. Joe Root, top uh, top run scorer. So uh, that's uh, a, it's a good one. I like that. Um, and uh, another person has come in with uh, Steve Smith's top, top run scorer, Scott Boland, uh, top wicket-taker. And Australia 3-2. Scotty Boland, man, where's he come from? He has been unbelievable. Back soon. Memorable one. Louis and Nick on the mail run Saturdays from 8 on SENZ. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Well, we'll keep you updated with uh, the golf this morning and, of course, uh, Monday morning when it comes to the end of it. But two players have absolutely knocked apart this uh, Los Angeles Country Club this morning. And they are uh, Xander Shoffley and uh, Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler has uh, returned to form big time in the last, well, three to four months. And uh, this has been capped off with uh, a brilliant eight under 62 this morning uh, with uh, Shoffley uh, managing the same score. So two in the clubhouse at 62. Uh, then a whole range of uh, 67s, which are five behind, which is uh, Bajon of France, Deschambeau, uh, of course, uh, S.W. Kin and Scotty Scheffler uh, is in there as well. Good news for New Zealanders, Ryan Fox uh, is two under after his first round, so he's in a tie for seventh at the moment, alongside uh, Max Homer, who's finished at two under. Rory McIlroy has come out and absolutely nailed it. Uh, the first two holes, he's buried them both. In fact, his tee shot, talk about a statement of intent. His first tee shot was 382. 382 on a par 5. Hit uh, not much more than a 7-iron in for his second. Absolutely monstered it. So Rory McIlroy has uh, made a real statement this morning. Phil Mickelson, uh, minus 2 after 4. And uh, they are the leaders at the moment. Um, the players, or Cameron Smith, one under after 2. Uh, the players that have uh, really blown their chances, I think, right from the, the get-go here. Uh, Justin Rose is uh, six over. Adam Scott, three over. Uh, there's some very highly rated players who have just been uh, beaten up uh, today at the Los Angeles Country Club. Uh, Jason Day, three over as well. So two uh, poor starts for two of the uh, leading Aussies there. Uh, that is uh, the early update there. We'll continue to look at it throughout the morning and keep you posted on that. But it's uh, coming up to 930 a prize announcement, and then we'll work on the cause on 0800 150 811. 0800 150 uh, We'd love to hear uh, what if I gave you the options uh, and the money and the tickets. If you had the money and I gave you the tickets, what would you go to if you chose one? Would the All Blacks be, be France um, and, and the opening game of the World Cup? Would it be top of the list? It would have been 10 years ago. Good God. No questions. Is it now? Is it now? Is this another test of just how much we have fallen out of love with our national game? 9.31. You can catch The Ashes tonight. Live commentary from 9pm on SENZ or the SENZ app. We have the 
that's what we want to hear, the voice. And we're going to hear the voice of uh, Mikey from Christchurch. Uh, straight up, Mikey, good morning to you. Always uh, love your input into the show. So uh, if I gave you uh, all these options, uh, the US Open, the Ashes, the State of Origin to Ascot maybe next week, uh, Wimbledon, and then at the end of it, the All Blacks versus France opening game of the World Cup. Where would you want to go, Mikey? I would go to the All Blacks. Um, and to be honest, one of the big big things about that was just to be in France. Um, if you ever go to any of those games, which you would have, and I was uh, privileged enough to go see the All Blacks play Wales, to be in the United Kingdom or Europe and watch the All Blacks, so much camaraderie. It's just fantastic. And uh, I haven't been to the um, French National Stadium, so that would just be amazing. That's great to hear. Uh, so in your case, um, you certainly haven't fallen out of love with rugby, but you just feel that, well, life presents so many other options these days that you, you can't sort of be in one place and cop them all. I've, I've never had the opportunity or privilege to, to be in a World Cup um, rugby. Um, obviously, we missed out in uh, Christchurch <laughs> all those years ago. Um, but to be, to be an all-black supporter in another country is something else. Um, so yeah, I would absolutely um, jump at the chance to do something like that. Be awesome, and then then to have some French wine. Oh, please, <laughs> <Dauphin>. <laughs> toasting, toasting, toasting the success. How how good would that be? Um, uh, La Belle Vite, I think they call it, the beautiful life. Uh, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, hey, Mike, Mikey, what about tonight, Crusaders? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Razors last year. Moanga um, going overseas. Uh, Sam Whitelock, well, he's not playing, but they want him to play in the final, so they need to win tonight for that. We've never lost um, any finals in Christchurch ever. So, uh, yep, I'm picking the Crusaders, but it will be it will be tough because of the injuries. Um, but I expect them to get over the Blues tonight. Good on you, Mikey. Thank you very much for that. Um, thumbs up from Louis Herman Watt down there in Christchurch as well, who is resplendent and uh, very ancient-looking Crusaders jersey. I think it's fair to say. Uh, so he's on the same wavelength as you, but I'll bet I'll bet Cliff from Dunedin has a, a different view. Cliff, if you had uh, the option, you might not go to the rugby. No, no. If I had the anything special to go to, it would either be the I would have liked the FA Cup final, the last one, uh, City versus United. That would have been amazing. But I probably would. I'd like to go to the, a golf major. British Open, possibly at St Andrews or the Masters. That would be me. What about yourself? Yeah. Well, I've been to um, a, a British Open, and uh, that was at Carnoustie. That was the one that uh, the Frenchman blew on the last hole. Um, Jean Vandervelde didn't have a very good oh, last hole. And ha- handed it back, yeah. I, so I was actually on course for that. But, um, look, I, I've been very lucky um, to, to go to a lot of those events that you're just talking about. I saw an FA Cup replay where Manchester United beat Brighton on a Wednesday night 4-0 after uh, drawing at the weekend. They knocked them over 4-0 uh, on the Wednesday night. was lucky enough to go there. So I've been very lucky, um, and not necessarily as a commentator either, but uh, just been in the right place at the right time. Any of those uh, events, any of those events, Cliff, but I'm, I, would, um, I, I would really quite like to be at the US Open this week and uh, watch them tear apart this Los Angeles Country Club. It looks like they might do that. Yeah, well, I, I, like, I like Ricky Fowler playing well. I mean, he's one of the few Americans that I've had a bit of time for, and it'd be nice. It'd be nice if he could win it. If it wasn't um, 
you know, there's, there's a few European boys uh, who I'd like to see do well, especially our boy. Look, he's, he's already in a tie for seventh for boxing. So if he can have at least top 15, that guarantees him back in next year. And, and, and that means that he's probably going to earn enough to just about get on the tour as a starter again next year. And that certainly gets him a long way to it. But, um, yeah, look, I, I often look at you. I think, gosh, you've got the, you've had a great career. You've had a great career as a cricketer and you've been able to tap into sports that you like, your rugby. And now you're even enjoying the league. And, and, and so am I. I think the league is, well, I've always been a bit of a leaguey, but never that hard. But it's certainly uh, it's caught me now in a big way. And I just hope the Warriors can, you know, get in the semi final. Well, that would be good. That would be real good. Yeah, it would. Uh, Cliff, uh, I, I, I'm totally with you. Thanks very much uh, for your nice thoughts here. I, I have been very, very lucky, but um, another one's just come in actually from Aaron, uh, uh, who has suggested perhaps, uh, what about going to the Ryder Cup in Rome later this year? Huh, what about it? Uh, let's, uh, let's start saving some pennies and think about that one, Aaron. Well, spot on. I hadn't even put that into my list. Uh, Zaid, good morning to you, Zaid. Um, I would just imagine you think the Blues can go down and do it tonight, don't you? Yeah, of course. Um, they've got all the injuries. Um, the Blues have been looking good lately. I think we just need to let Mark Talia rip loose and just let him run all night. Um, hold the ball. Um, Bowden Barrett, just don't kick it away. And, um, yeah, let, let the boys run and rip riot against the Crusaders. And I think we're well in with a chance. And I think it's going to be a tight one. We might even need a maybe late Bowden Barrett drop goal to win it, I reckon. I reckon there needs to be a drop oh. goal tonight in the game. Really? Okay, so I'm bringing Louis in on this one because Louis, right now, I can tell you, he's got his Crusaders, vintage Crusaders. Which which year is that from, Louis, by the way? Oh, this would be be 97 or 8. It would be maybe James Kerr maybe wore this one, that sort of era. Right. I'm just a bit confident with all you guys' injuries, really. That's what's kind of making me a bit confident tonight is that... Zade. They just said Zade. eight all blacks out, which is a lot Zade. of experience. Zade. <laughs> Zade. Zade. Jade, calm down. You if you if you go around to people that love you in your life today and you tell them that it's gonna need to be a Bowden Barrett drop goal, you are going to hurt a lot of feelings and there's gonna be a lot of people upset with you tomorrow, Zade. Okay? Just um, I mean, rational, um, rationalize might, this it, before it <laughs> if it's, if it's Be tight, rational, yeah, Zade. <laughs> if it's tight Be rational Zade He can do it Zade, Monday morning Zade, you must call Louie You must call Louie if you get up I'm looking forward to that already Have a terrific weekend watching your beloveds um, Particularly tonight John from Auckland uh, John, always a very rational thinker Love it when John rings the show um, What are you making of uh, If I gave you tickets, John, where would you like to go? Yeah, morning, the team. Um, for Super Rugby wise, I have to go with the Blues, but we all know, you know, it's the Crusaders. They, eh? it's the Crusaders. They never lose to the Blues, really. So it's all these, and all the pressures on them. There's no pressure on them <laughs> whatsoever. You know, do you want to be the first Crusaders team ever to lose at home in a semi-final? You know, it's all on them, mate. And then that's what I, all I'm going to say about that. But just, just, just quickly. 
you know, you're talking about um, All Black selections. Prop will be a massive selection. Now, I'll tell you why. Um, our scrum needs to be as stable as hell if we're going to play against those big teams. And, you know, front rows like Ofatunga, Fasi and Nipolaulala need to be there to stabilise it. So does Tamaiti Williams. Um, I, I'm looking at our at our props and I'm going, man, we've got some of the biggest props in the world. We've got Tyrell Lomax, Tamaiti Williams, Ofatunga Fasi, Nipolaulala, and then with the two hookers, you've got Cody Taylor and Toke Aho. And they're all over 120 kgs, mate. They are massive. You're dead right. Um, I look forward to that battle tonight, John. But you're thinking the Crusaders probably, probably, or you think the Blues have got an outside chance? Um, my heart will say the Blues by 1 to 12. But, you know, it's the Crusaders yeah. to lose, mate. All the pressure's on them. Okay, that's uh, John from Auckland. Very considered man. Love his calls. It's nine forty three. We sh- what, Louis? You're shaking your head. Oh, oh look, I disagree. I think the the really, if you if speaking of being rational, Crusaders are injured. Injured. They're vulnerable. I'd say that they've got everything to play for here. They're, their backs against the wall. The Blues, just that dom- all the star power. Wow, what a what a flashy team. Mark Talay. Oh, Akira Yuani. Gee, the Crusaders have got a mountain to climb. Oh. That'll be tough. 9.43 while I digest that, we'll take a break. When we come back, you can talk some common sense, Louis Herman Watt, and tell us what the prize cupboard's come up with for our uh, sweepstake, the Ashes sweepstake. Keep them coming in on double eight, double three. leading wicket-taker, leading run scorer, and uh, who wins the Ashes. Honestly, it's worthwhile winning. For the road less travel with MGHS plug-in hybrid. Kirsten B, back today from 3pm on SENZ. The Good Oil. All the fun and tips for your Saturday afternoon. Live Saturdays from 1 on SENZ. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yes, indeedy. Let's uh, keep going down to Christchurch because uh, it could be a big night for the Crusaders and uh, Bruce is there. Uh, Bruce, before we want to get on to uh, other subjects, Crusaders tonight for you? Uh, from the famous words of um, the Dark Destroyer, just another day at the office, Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> the Dark Destroyer out of the... A man from the chase, yes, I know the Dark Destroyer very, very well. So yep. there you go. You just just another day at the office. Not a one question shootout. Just another day at the office. <laughs> um, I think there's more pressure um, on the Blues. To be honest, you're right. They've dipped in the well a few times and come out empty. Um, this could be Liam McDonald's um, last coaching game match. The Super. Could also be Scott Robertson's. Well, we know we know that, and there's a lot of publicity about that. But no one's mentioned about Leon's uh, possible last game. So, um, yeah, I, I, hey, Crusaders have been unlucky again with with injuries. There's, there's no excuses. I mean, they they do it well. They've got a good squad, and um, if they're good enough, they'll get there. Um, oh, I'm I'm reasonably positive. Um, it's, a, it's just all about game management. Um, and really, they've got some good heads there. Um, at least if I knew if you want to go out on a 
in well this season, so you know he'll be charging down there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Leicester will have a very big game tonight. Uh, I'm just, I just, I just want to put a bomb under Caleb Clark because that kind of size and that kind of kind of ability should be better used. It, it just has to be better used in terms of getting involved uh, and making a statement. I, I just hope that from his point of view, because I, I rate him highly, and with those the assets that he's got physically, I would just like to think that he would uh, put a stamp on a game such as tonight. Uh, anything else on your mind, Bruce? Well, I hope we're not talking about the ref's decision in the last part of the game, Smithy. I just so hope. I hope, I hope it's clear, uh, a bit more pure rugby. Um, I wonder how hard everyone will be trying, especially those forwards, with, uh, with the potential um, selections of, of all-black teams and stuff, not wanting to blow a hammy and all that sort of thing. I, I imagine they probably won't really be caring about that they'll be they'll be giving it a hundred but um just a thought just a thought on that yeah great thought too bruce uh, i think they have to be fully committed uh enjoy the rugby tonight enjoy the sport over the weekend bruce thanks very much and don't forget to get into the sweep uh at double eight double three pierce louis herman what what are we up for well, we've managed to cobble together a really neat little prize here, Smithy. Speaking of golf this morning, uh, one of the oh, just lovely, lovely courses of Canterbury. It's out towards where I grew up in North Canterbury. It's just uh, out of wood in there. Pegasus. Wow. James Judd here in the Christchurch office. He's managed to get us around the golf at Pegasus for four people, including two golf carts and a $100 cafe voucher for afterwards or before to get some sandwiches. Izzy Dag frequents this course, so it's that sort of standard. This is the man that shot 77 at the LA Country Club. We've got two general admission tickets for the Warriors on the 25th of August, and we've got a $300 bar tab at a Good Spirits pub somewhere around Aotearoa. Now, that is fantastic. And if, Smithy, this is how we'll do it, if somebody absolutely middles it, top run scorer, top wicket taker, and series result, they can have it all. If multiple people get that, we will divide it up between them. One, two, three. If more than three people nail that, and because lots of people are doubling up, obviously, or tripling up, or whatever it is, we'll have to do a draw, and we'll put it into a random draw. But if you are the sole person to get the top top wicket-taker, top run scorer, and the series score right, you will have that round of golf, those tickets to the Warriors, and that bar tab. Brilliant. Absolutely sensational. Thanks to the sales staff for putting that together at very, very short notice. Um, and uh, the, the texts uh, continue to come in with that information um, in terms of your pick. Yes, uh, most wickets, most runs, who wins the Ashes, Australia or England, and by what margin? That uh, is very, very important. The details there um, have to be complete. 9.53. Thanks, Louis. Keep up to date on Twitter and Instagram at SCNZ underscore radio. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. Gave you the option this morning as to what you want to go to. Dale, g'day Dale, thanks for the text. Uh, Tickets to the UFC in Vegas for me. All Blacks wouldn't be in my top five, interesting. Uh, Dan says, look, see those US Open scores. Not a usual US Open course then, is it? I want my money back. Um, Yeah, and uh, what about this from Trent? I'm starting to feel sick 
listening to Crusaders fans looking for excuses. I can see the headline Sunday. Razor could do no more with the cattle he had available. Okay, also Naval College at Rose Hall tomorrow. Load up, boys. That's from Trent. Craig, come on, Zade, you beauty. Bodie, drop goal to win. I'm with Zade. Come on, the Blues, says Craig. Only the Crusaders have all those injuries and still put out a team that is better than 90% of the teams in the competition. Amazing. Okay, Cameron George after the break. Cameron George on racing with a touch of Warriors thrown in. The Ashes tonight. Live commentary from 9pm on SENZ or the SENZ app. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yes, it's 10.03, and talk about uh, living life in the fast lane. Our next guest does that. Thoroughbred Racing is getting the biggest stake money boost we've seen with over $20 million more up for grabs at New Zealand Galloping Meetings next season. NZTR announced uh, the increases at their Caracas sales complex yesterday with $20.3 million extra to be paid out to owners, trainers and jockeys next season, which uh, represents an increase of 29, yes, 29% on this season. Uh, that could be further increased uh, by uh, clubs like Auckland Thoroughbred Racing adding even more to their stakes, which uh, there are plans to do from next season onwards when they get that beautiful new complex up and running. While stakes uh, will be increased at all levels, including your Friday afternoon synthetic maiden, uh, one of the headline items announced was a new $1 million four-year-old race on Caraca Million Night, open to all horses, not just those Caraca Million eligible. That is tasty indeed, and uh, talk about life in the fast lane, I'm talking about Cameron George, of course, uh, this morning he wears a couple of hats, uh, first of all the chairman of the NZTR board, um, and uh, Cameron is with us now, g'day mate, how are you going? Good, Smithy, and yourself? Pretty damn good, pretty damn good, I've got to say, uh, it's bye week, so it's bye week for you, and uh, mentally we've just switched off a wee bit, but not with the news of these uh, extra stakes coming on board. How satisfying, uh, Cameron, for you, uh, being the chair of this board for a number of years, to find this extra money in challenging financial times? Yeah, you're right. It's just so rewarding for an industry that's, um, that's endured a pretty tough few years for a number of reasons, but um, you know, they've worked in a collaborative way to hang in there and, and keep chipping away, and I'm talking about participants in clubs and and. Now that we can reward them, given the uh, strategic partnership deal between TAD New Zealand and Nantane, uh, it's a real pleasure for our board and our, our staff to work through the options that we have been and uh, presenting that yesterday to a, a $20 million uplift into you know, next season, which is exciting for anyone involved in the industry. So this uh, this move, this uh, first move is, um, you know, you're only really officially launched your involvement with Entain uh, as such uh, on the first of this month. This is the first step we can see clearly coming from that merge? Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, the big key here is that we have guaranteed money for the next five years. So year on year, we understand what we're going to receive. We understand that it's not discretionary, it's guaranteed. And it has allowed us over the last couple of months to set out a five-year plan with stakes and other uh, priorities. And um, we want to build the industry into something very, very special. 
um, and this allows us to do that with certainty and we've never had this before so this is just the baseline it's been lifted now we need a response from the industry in terms of participation and wagering and the numbers can go up and up and up and that's going to take everyone working hard and being professional but i'm sure we will Cameron Louie here, mate. Great to have you on the program this morning. And congratulations uh, for yesterday. And I know the team would have been busy over the last couple of weeks pulling it together. Uh, I guess the the first question and or or potential query from a lot of people would be, can this be sustainable? You just laid out five years. You know exactly what you're going to get. What about a decade and then the decade after that? And and then I guess the the bit part to build off that is, is there a platform to go again and again and again? Well, we have a positive mindset, uh, Louis, so it's great to talk to you, mate. Um, yes, absolutely. It's sustainable. It's it's where we need to go and where we want to go. But like every industry, you invest in it. Um, you want to see a positive response from it. So we're investing in this industry to grow. We're investing in this industry to be dynamic, creative, innovative. And we've done so at the out, outset of yesterday's announcement by introducing a number of new initiatives to the industry to really trigger... Uh, growth in wagering because our partner in Entain, that's their business. If we can grow wagering, we can grow returns to the industry with certainty. And um, we're looking forward to the next five years and beyond. Um, I can tell you what, the, the opportunity to work with these guys is a much brighter future than what we are looking at 12 months ago. So full credit to everyone that's been involved in creating this partnership because it's given the industry a real kickstart to a bright future. Look, I totally agree. I got a chance to sit down with Dean Shannon for a full hour, Cameron, and we interviewed him on SENZ, and uh, people got to know him. Look, the, the thing that struck me was this is a racing man. Much like yourself, this is a racing man who's passionate about horses and the people that look after these horses, which I don't think we've been able to save for racing administration year on year for a, a long period of time. So that, at face value and at the heart of it, is outstanding. From New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing's point of view, are you happy and comfortable with the amount of input the TAB and now Entain has over the actual sport when it comes to, um, I guess, decision-making, regulations, that sort of thing? Yeah, look, it'll grow. Um, we're only very much in the, in the early stages. They only took over on the 1st of June. So the relationship is already very transparent, uh, very strong, uh, very innovative. You know, it's got a lot of innovation around it as well, our discussions. So... It's extremely exciting. You look at what Entain have done in Australia, one of the toughest, most competitive markets, and they've got market share, and they're growing year on year on year, and they're growing through innovation, through technology investment, and also through betting opportunities and wagering opportunities and the likes. And if we can bring that into our our uh, jurisdiction, mate, the size of our industry will scale up big time. And um, I know that we are the biggest fish in terms of the, the codes and what we bring to the table, and if we can accelerate some change and some investment like we had yesterday into our industry, I have no doubt from breeding to buying to selling uh, domestically and also racing domestically, we'll grow the pie big for us and, and we'll just keep going and going. So it's very exciting to get that right and then that then feeds out into a broader industry in terms of infrastructure and the like. So. Fast forward five to ten years, we've got big plans uh, with investment and with uh, exciting innovation. So the the initial windfall and the investment up front by uh, Intain is, is what has led us to yesterday's announcement. That's great. I asked Bruce a couple of weeks ago around that money and making sure the stakeholders can, you know got as much of it as possible. Now, I mentioned the RIB to him, and 
he did kind of give an answer that led me to think that there was a couple of questions that needed to be answered around the Racing Integrity Board's funding and how much they are costing. Is NZTR comfortable that it's being run at a reasonable cost? Oh, look, we're keeping a close eye on all costs. Um, and that's the, the TAB's job now, to act as a bit of a watchdog over costs uh, that they incur and have to pay on behalf of the codes. And let's talk about the RIB in this sense. Um, and we'll continue to consult with the RIB and and also the TAB around any funding that's applicable. The one thing we won't jeopardise is integrity. It's a key element to any sport uh, and none greater than ours in the wagering market. And everyone encourages the best integrity practices. However, we want to make sure our spend is being directed and executed in the right manner to get those outcomes and not just um, sitting idle. And uh, we want to be a part of their strategic planning to make sure that our code is getting the best integrity services we can get, but within you know, the appropriate cost levels. Yeah, so, and, and like I appreciate that it's not ultimately your call, Cam, uh, but I guess, uh, in essence, are you comfortable that they are cost-effective at the moment or are they costing too much? Oh, look, at this stage, um, there's no cost on integrity. What we've got to do is to make sure that when they wish to invest in the integrity unit is making sure that the investment is the right thing for our code and the racing industry as a whole. Uh, we've got to keep abreast of that. Uh, if we believe that the costs are inflated and the, and the response to those costs aren't you know, striking at the best outcomes for integrity in our industry, well, we've got to challenge those. So right now, as it sits, we're having those discussions to make sure that the costs is the most appropriate cost levels for our industry uh, in terms of the service we, we, you know, we get. So we're always challenging everyone around their cost. Don't worry about that. Cameron, a really interesting announcement about uh, the next million or another new, uh, million dollar race at uh, Auckland. First of all, how confident are you uh, about the, the progress and the development of uh, the Auckland uh, Racing Club as such and their new facility? And tell us a wee bit more about how this million dollar race came about, this new one. Yeah, look, firstly, in terms of Auckland Racing, uh, they're doing a wonderful job led by Doug Alderslade and the likes. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're very visionary. So we're looking forward to the, the creation of um, their, their upgraded track and, and what they provide there in terms of facilities. So hopefully the weather plays its part back sooner rather than later. Uh, in terms of the million-dollar investment in the open four-year-old race on Karaka Million Night, uh, it's a great initiative. Um, it's exciting for any horse in New Zealand or offshore to come and you know, race for a million dollars. Now, that will give us three $1 million races um, on the night over a six or seven race program. That's yet to be determined. But it is the best event in racing in New Zealand. It is our Everest, that, that race night. And um, we're going to continue to invest in that. It has international presence. It has a great wagering uh, response to it and um, it's exciting if you're racing on that evening to have a winner or two and um, being a part of it so that's the one we want to grow that's our grand final for mine and that's the one that puts us on the world stage so uh, we need to invest in it and this is only one step of what we're looking to do into the future Cameron we're uh, only in the 16th of June and as you said it's uh, about two and a half weeks since uh, this actual new move within Tain began when will the punter, the man in the street, the guy that uh, used to go into the betting shops, which are closing on a daily basis, uh, when are they going to see the impact for them from Entame what, uh, and the changes that possibly might come in? Yeah, good question, Smithy. And, and uh, we all, we're all great with patience, aren't we? Um, but, look, 
listening to Dan, uh, Dean and, and his team, the one thing that I know is that they're going to create a lot of change, and I know that they're going to uh, put a lot of implement a lot of exciting initiatives in place. However, they only took over the the engine, so to speak, on the first of June. They've got to get their head under the bonnet, understand it, understand completely the New Zealand market. So when they do launch and launch big. Um, there'll be no mistakes and it'll be the best thing for our market and our punters. So I, I, I assume it'll be, you know, early in the new year, I reckon there'll be a launch of something quite big here that'll see significant change in the betting landscape, um, which will be exciting. But to do it before then, I think they would be rushing it. They want to get it right so they never get anything wrong in the future. And that's something uh, I think is really important. Yeah, bang on, Cam. And, and Dean mentioned that there'll be a secondary brand bought in. He, he cares about retail, but he wants to make experience the priority, and that comes with content. So it is exciting as far as what punters are going to get their hands on. Uh, just back to yesterday and, and what NZTR is prioritising. Obviously, sustainable revenue growth was a, a has been a key marker for you for a while in your tenure. I note that you say complete industry venue footprint and determination of surplus venues. Now... We've got a lot of assets. Does everybody get the picture that consolidation is probably the best way to go? It's got to happen. It has to happen. We've appointed Dean McKenzie uh, to oversee uh, that aspect alone, um, and he will undertake that over the next 18 months. We have a number, a number of venues here that are, you know, potentially, um, you know, not in its best use in, in having two or three race days a year, or, or eight or nine race days a year. We're an industry that needs to change. This is a moment in time, this announcement yesterday, and we have to recorrect it and reset it moving forward. And, um, you know, we're going to make no apologies for that. We're going to do a, a very thorough process to ensure we have the best footprint to grow the industry to levels that's never been seen before for the future generations to enjoy. That's our responsibility to leave a legacy behind. We have to draw the line and start that process. Um, there's been a lot of talk about it for many, many years, um, and if you know, if we can ever be remembered uh, for doing something, at least starting the process and getting it right rather than talking about it. What I like about the, the new races, uh, and uh, they certainly are to be uh, excited about, is the fact that you've spread some of this around the country as well. It's just not going to be top-heavy around Auckland. Um, for instance, a, a new mile race for 350k in April in Rickerton. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, we've invested heavily in the Southern Mile series, which is a uh, came from our, our you know, innovation uh, fund, so to speak, when we had a business plan put together from the team down there. They did a great job. So we believe that they deserve to be rewarded. They've done a, a wonderful series down there. So that goes to $200,000 this year. Uh, as you touched on in autumn uh, at Rickenden, uh, there'll be a $350,000 race for horses that are trained on the South Island from the 31st of December. Um, and they've got to have had two starts on the South Island, so it increases racing participation and so on. And there's a $350,000 race there for them. Uh, likewise for the CD, Waikato and Auckland. So it's important the whole country benefited from this. And that's notwithstanding all the other increases across every category uh, that we race for all around New Zealand. So everyone gets a, a benefit of an uplift. But uh, those headline innovation races put together by a really cool working party with great racing minds, with new conditions, are exciting. Um, so everyone gets to enjoy it right across the board at all levels of racing. 
Awesome, Cam. Hey, uh, just finally for me on the, the racing side of things with that cap on, I'm just wondering how, how long you're going to wear it for. Uh, you've, As Smithy mentioned right at the start, it's uh, been a, a time of change and flux and financial uns- uncertainty for a lot of industries and especially racing, and you've chaired this board for a few years now. Where do you see yourself as far as um, the board stands? Oh, mate, I love it so much. I love trying to work with a, a board and management in the industry about <clears throat> implementing really positive change in the future. Not everyone's going to agree, but that's the nature of the role. Um, but look, I won't be there, I think, too much longer. Um, I think this is a really good decision. Uh, we've got a few little initiatives and, and other sort of outcomes we want to achieve over the next 12 months. So if there's someone else out there, I'm sure they'll put their hand up soon and more than happy to step aside and keep focusing on a bit of footy and trying to win a game of rugby league every now and then. Well, on that subject, let's put the uh, the other cap on, uh, which you're wearing, uh, wearing very proudly at the moment, uh, Cameron George. Um, but a lovely innovation in terms of uh, renaming Go Media Mount Smart Stadium for a very special person. Yeah, um, very sad circumstances around uh, a former warrior, and Daniel Anderson, our coach. Um, you know, he's a special part of our history and will always be a part of our our future and you know we're thinking of him and his wife and kids and um we've got a part of a, a committee in sydney um that have been put together through a couple of clubs and ex-players to raise money for daniel and and um this is something that we can do in new zealand that's unique uh to have go media give us that permission to do that is quite special when we had the daniel anderson round and round 25 i uh, will also donate five dollars from every ticket that's sold at that event and we'll have a big charity event um, also on the night. So, um, you know, he, he's a special character. He's done some wonderful things here. We have a lot of ex-players that, you know, uh, want to be a part of this event. So it's going to be huge. And if anyone wants to buy a ticket to the Manly game in, in August, they you can do so knowing that $5 from every ticket will be donated to the Daniel Anderson Fund. Well, great to catch up with you, Cameron. Uh, wonderful initiatives yesterday, and of course the Warriors, even though in bye week, still engender so much uh, traffic on this station. It's uh, just been a wonderful time. So, um, I would uh, imagine you, you get a chance to sit back and just uh, look at it and think, yeah, it's going pretty well in certain aspects. But uh, enjoy the rest of bye week as such. Uh, congratulations on yesterday's announcement. We look for more to come in that department too. Have a terrific weekend, man. Will do. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Yeah, cheers. Uh, Cameron George there with us uh, as uh, a double chairman, really, or a CEO and a chairman. Uh, so much in, but uh, you're hearing his voice, uh, the passion he's got, and that's the secret. Uh, if you want to, uh, you're generally interested in your product, which is iRacing, uh, uh, iRacing or uh, Rugby League and the Warriors as such, um, you've got a, a lot better chance, I think, of uh, achieving in your roles. And I think it's fair to say he's doing plenty of that in both. Uh, Right, we'll take uh, a short break here. When we come back, we've got more text to read out, some more predictions in terms of the ashes. Um, And uh, after 10.30, we'll catch up with uh, what Louis thinks is going to happen today in racing and perhaps over the weekend as well. The Cossack, the Cossack. Was it the greatest jumping horse we've ever seen in this country? I mean, hard to say, isn't it? What about good old Hunterville? What about Hunterville? Uh, the Cossack, but uh, they're saying the Cossack is probably the best jumper in the Southern Hemisphere at the moment. Maybe, maybe... (laughs) 
the world. 10.21. 10.21, Louis. Take a breath. Take a breath. I'll be back. What a roster we have on SCNZ. It's Kiwi for sport. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. Alrighty, let's uh, give uh, a little update on the US Open. We will do throughout the morning. Uh, Xander Shoffley and Ricky Fowler in the clubhouse with 62s today. That's eight under par. Uh, we spoke to a couple of golfing pundits during the week who didn't imagine we'd see red numbers like that uh, on the first day or at all in this tournament, but uh, they managed to get it. Uh, but they're five clear of uh, third place at the moment, uh, which is uh, shared between uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Scotty Scheffler, Siwoo Kim, um, and uh, Bajon from France, Nick Hardy, uh, Wyndham Clark, who uh, was a, a tip as a possibility of uh, producing the goods this week. Uh, Rory McIlroy, three under after five. Solid start for Rory. For Rory. And uh, Ryan Fox at two under. So he's in a tie for 10th at the moment, the, the Kiwi. Uh, a really solid start for him, as uh, we would expect. Uh, Patrick uh, comes in. Morning, Smithy. Today's like Christmas for a cricket fan. Day one of the Ashes. I'll be tucked up in bed listening to SENZ's coverage of the entire Ashes series. 3-1 to England for me. Steve Smith to be top scorer and Scotty Boland to hoop the Duke around like Terry Alderman and be top wicket-taker. Scotty Boland. Uh, Baz's boys won't be able to bash the Aussie attack like they did in the insipid Black Caps attack. Uh, regarding watching the All Blacks over uh, other great sporting options, no chance. The All Blacks wouldn't rank in the top ten for this fan. That's Patrick from Ashburton. Have a great weekend, Patrick. Thanks for that. Steve has come in and said, Morning, Smithy. With all the gloom and doom you guys have been preaching this week, well, we have been preaching a, a little bit, and, uh, but on the back of um, a, a programme that went very public, um, just and uh, the reaction to that, I was starting to think, uh, Steve, I was starting to think I was the only person in the country enjoying rugby. Tony Johnson said yesterday, viewership is the highest it has been in five years. Uh, don't doubt that. If Tony says it, it'll be true. Problem is, no one's going, or less and less people are going. 12,000 last week to the Blues against the Waratahs. 12,000 in a quarter final at Eden Park. Perhaps the last game of Super Rugby on Eden Park this year, unless uh, weird events turn out over the weekend. Uh, the, the endless comparisons to the Warriors and league aren't really a true reflection. When you consider it as only the professional uh, league team in the country, they should get good crowds. I, for one, am excited about the semi-finals. Also looking forward to the All Black selections. Go the Blues and the Chiefs. Good on you, Steve. Uh, appreciate that. Sure viewership, uh, Jared says, sure viewership is still good with rugby, though. But it's the product, says Jared. It's the product. And what he's saying is people are very, very, very patient with it at the moment. Kevin from uh, Titarangi, uh, regular contributor to the show. Kev, good morning to you. Uh, Smithy Cameron, what a fabulous interview. He knows his stuff, answers directly, just so positive, which is brilliant to hear. Yep, he was uh, very positive about uh, what's coming up uh, and the racing side of things. Uh, the other thing I think, uh, Louis, it's fair to say that, you know, we're going to have we're going to have progress, uh, small steps forward. Uh, better than small steps backward and, and you know whilst uh, you increase the stakes to the level that they have the, you're still going to get trainers and people involved in the industry that's not enough that's not enough it's way behind what they're getting in Australia you've got to bump it even more small steps forward better than it's going no, nowhere or going backwards 
Yes, totally, Smithy. But we also have an opportunity here that can't be squandered. This has to be the start of forever. You know, this can't be another time in racing's history where we look back and go, oh, gee, we didn't quite get that one right because this was 25 years' worth of deal we signed with Entain, so they have to take their opportunity. Look, there's a lot of other stuff that they announced that we didn't get into with Cam George that we've heard before. A lot of media strategies, a lot of main. how do we get into the mainstream media, uh, a lot of stuff around ownership a lot of stuff um, around race course days a lot of this has to fall on the clubs we need more accountability from the people with the hands on the product much like rugby really to get it right nztr can set the framework but they're not saying a hell of a lot of new stuff in that space they probably just need the, the rest of the industry to stand up in parts and i hope that people all realize smithy collectively punters trainers jockeys racing managers, clubs, CEOs, administrators, that this is a top moment in time that we won't get again. So get it right or else, you know. Okay, fair enough. Strong words there from uh, Louis Herman Watt. You have uh, 90 minutes, folks, to enter our comp, our sweep. Um, that is for the Ashes sweep. Leading wicket taker, uh, highest run scorer, and who wins the Ashes by what uh, margin? Hamish says uh, Smith, Boland, Australia 4-1. There's, I think, a bias at the moment towards towards Australia doing very, very well in the sashes. Uh, we shall take a, a, a news break here with uh, the lovely Aroha, and when we come back, uh, we'll catch up with Louis again uh, because it's uh, quite a busy next uh, couple of days in racing terms. You can catch the Ashes tonight. Live commentary from 9pm on SENZ or the SENZ app. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz. Racing's biggest fan. Radio, let's uh, get involved with the Louis in the racing. I can just uh, tell you, in terms of the golf, Sam Burns is holding one on the 15th. Not very often that happens at the US Open, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the 15th of par three, Sam Burns has just holed in one, which uh, gives it uh, a nice little edge there. Awapuni Synthetic today, eight races, the first beginning at 11.47, and then, of course, uh, it uh, turns to... Uh, the hurdle steeplechase side of things for Butch Castles and Tarapa tomorrow. Uh, and I think the Nelson McDougall team personally could get the hurdle and steeplechase double with Nedwin and the Cossack. But Louis, you'll have other opinions. I uh, don't know if I will, Smithy. Awapuni Synthetic today, firstly. Yes, it's great to see the Synthetic up and running there. That's a good use of uh, innovation and just getting S done in the industry because uh, people like Andrew Carsten have been pointing out down south the Synthetic is just so good to keep horses fit, uh, keep them going through the, the, the winter time. Magic Express, race five, Fraser Rett, I'm pretty keen on today, and Ray Nice in race number two. That might be named after a House of Dragons character, actually. Uh, there, uh, the synthetic today. Ray Nice, race two, number three, Magic Express, race five, number ten for me. We'll be getting a little bit of that. Now, the jumps, you reckon a, a Nelson McDougall double act? Uh Pretty hard to disagree. Look, the Cossack needs bad luck, which you can obviously get plenty of in jumps racing, especially when we talk steeples at, at this level. But you see his best horse jumper in the world. I probably wouldn't go that fast with him, but he's a marvel. He's a wonderful, wonderful horse. I mean, seriously, he's he's pretty special. So the dollar thirty tells you everything you need to know there. In the hurdle, uh, the Waikato hurdle, Nedwin 
Well, again, Aaron Kudu, you got the man on top, and he's just been so, so good this uh, preparation back. He hasn't obviously gone over the sticks just yet, but, man, he won so well. 13-length winner. I knew it was a lot at Trentham last start when Kate Hurcock just let him go. So he's going to be hard to stop because you imagine that that knowing that training partnership that they will be absolutely they school their horses their jumpers to the max i guess the thing is sean fannin's probably riding as good as anyone in the jumps has over the last five years in new zealand at the moment um and he's on very flash who was a really nice last start winner and he gets four kilos off nedwin and has had market support as well for kevin myers so uh i think it'll be the quinella but i think you could be right nedwin could go big and as far as my flat tips I might just hold those back to tomorrow morning, Smithy. Matty Cross filling in for Michael Guerin while he's in uh, at Ascot. And I'm very grateful because if I had to do tomorrow morning by myself, I think I could be in trouble. I'm going to the Crusaders tonight and I'm going to drink beers and I'm going to be very vocal in my support for Scott Robertson. So, I mean, that's all you need to know, really. Oh, thanks. Do we really need to know that? I mean, is it going to make our day knowing that, to be perfectly honest? I don't think so. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, folks, uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we've got Guy Havelt coming in with us. Guy Havelt's famous pl- favourite player in life, apparently, is James Kerr. So this could be a crusader thon coming up for a rather <laughs> few minutes or so. So for the, some favorite. of you around the country, might be a His time favorite. to go and wash the car. His favourite musical <laughs> musical uh, act, by the way, Brian went an hour early with John Farnham. Don't play John Farnham around Guy Havel, otherwise you're going to have a very sweaty five-foot-one bloke standing on a table somewhere. Ah, uh, well, ooh, now there's a vision. 10.37, let's get it out of our heads quickly. On SCNZ. SCNZ. It's Kiwi for Sport. Call any time, 0800 150 811. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. We gotta make ends meet before we get much older. We gotta make ends meet before we get much Show 17 minutes away from 11, and it's yeah, it's Louis here, not Smithy. Now, fair dinkum, Smithy's walked out. He said he couldn't sit through this chat. He said he could not sit through this chat. He refused to hear James Kerr's moment of legacy relived for eight minutes straight. So instead, it's me. Oh dear, oh dear. Uh, watch out and welcoming into the show now live. With about five buttons undone, sweating profusely on a TVNZ news desk, it's Guy Havelt. Yeah, g'day, Louis. I'm a bit cut up about Smithy not wanting to <laughs> not wanting to relive one of the greatest moments in New Zealand sport. Um, considering the amount of grief that he gives me on a, on a, whatever basis when, whenever we catch up, I would have thought the only fair thing to do would be to sit through this and. Um, and enjoy it for what it was, and that was just a magnificent piece of New Zealand sporting history. 
Yeah, well, it's a, it's a good point. And look, the beautiful thing about Smithy is he's he's a very unbiased man. He he kind of just likes the the he likes excellence. So you'd assume that he would consider uh, now primary school teacher James Kerr's moment of excellence, um, you know, just a par for what it was, just a part of New Zealand history that I think everybody looks at with great reflection and adoration. I would have thought the same thing, Louis. Um, and and as much excellence when when you and I used to work together and we got him on. Uh, a show one time and, and had a chat to the great man James Kerr. Um, I was just you text me uh, whenever it was to to come and do this segment, and so I went and watched the try again. Um, scrappy, but beautiful at the same time. Uh, <laughs> hanging in the hanging in the Louvre, mate. Hanging in the Louvre. Well, it's better we get you than uh, Officer on to talk about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the I, great I man. Was, I was, <laughs> when I was when I was watching that, I was actually thinking, do you know what? What the worst thing about that is is that Officer Tanu'u is one of the nicest human beings you'll ever best meet in, in the world. your entire life. Like genuinely yeah. the best bloke in the world. And and then yeah. you see that happen to someone like that, and you're just like, oh, that actually that would hurt for him. Um, doesn't take away from from the enjoyment from a Crusaders' point of view, though, does it? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, but you're dead right. He's such a good guy in the community out in West Auckland, doing so much good work through those floods as well. So a uh, big shout out to Officer Tanu'u. Hey. Guy, this is the bulletin. So let's rattle through a couple of things. We're talking rugby. We'll stay with it. I think the Crusaders are vulnerable. I think they're injury-riddled. I think their backs are against the wall. I think in a, an ordinary world, the Blues would look at this and say, this game is here. This is, could be defining for Leo McDonald's legacy. Let's do it for him, knowing he's about to head off. But... It just doesn't seem like that's going to happen, and it just seems like the psyche is too much to change. When the Crusaders are vulnerable is, is almost when they play their best, um, when everyone is kind of expecting or, or, or suspecting that they might be able to be tipped up is when they, is when they really rise, rise to their best. Um, they have so many injuries that there's no hiding away from that fact. They have so many injuries, and, and on paper you would probably say that the Blues should go into this game as favourites. They're almost full strength. Um, that back line is, is superb. And as I say, the Crusaders are depleted. But uh, you, you just have to look at the numbers when it comes to that Crusaders' home record in playoff games. 28 from 28. Uh, that is just unheard of, I would say, in professional sport, really, mostly around the world. Um, you know, this, this is a Crusaders team that loves playing in Christchurch, no matter what stadium it's at. Um, and and the Crus- uh, Blues rather will go there knowing that, um, and I, I I just can't see the Crusaders. I, I, they are vulnerable. You did right. Don't get me wrong, but but there's just something about this game that I think the Crusaders will win. Um, it's much like feels a bit like that final uh, that the Crusaders beat the Blues at at Eden Park a few years ago. So much anticipation, so much expectation, kind of from both sides. But I feel like a bit of expectation around this Blues team, and then they got in, they got completely wiped off the park. For me, it kind of feels like that. I hope it goes that way as well. Yeah, got you loud and clear, mate. Hey, on the golf, uh, US Open today. Look, we we thought this was going to be tough work, and it has been for the most part, and for most players, except for Ricky Fowler, your man, and also Xander Schauffele, who have scorched the earth for sixty-two. Wyndham Clark, who I've got a some heinous figure of seventy-six dollars or something. He's four under now. Uh, Ryan Fox safely in at two under. He had a chance to finish three under on a sixty-seven, but wow, what a first morning at the LA Country Club. 
Yeah, I always have a little bit of a nibble on on Ricky Fowler at, at major championships, and, and recently, anyway, in, in a couple of just general PGA Tour tournaments, uh, he's he's bound to win one eventually. Uh, and I thought forty one to one was was not too bad odds for him. So I've had a little bit of a nibble, uh, and yeah, what a round! Uh, him and Xander Shoffley. Conditions are, are probably as benign as they'll be at at LA Country Club throughout this week. Barely any wind this morning. Anyway, it's picking up a little bit now, and, and it is seemingly testing the players a bit more. It's a bit softer than they anticipated as well. Uh, so that's that's made it a li- li- quite a bit more gettable in terms of scores. Uh, I don't think we'll see another round like that this week. Um, and, and, you know, that's going to come as no surprise to anyone because there's never been a 62 <laughs> in US Open history before today. Uh, there were two in the space of 22 minutes. Um, flawless golf from both of them. Um, Xander Shoffley has knocked on the door so many times of major championships. Uh, he'll be there or thereabouts at the end. I see Rory McIlroy was about three under through five holes, so I wonder if that'll keep going throughout this round. It's going to be a fascinating tournament. Um, you, can't, you can't win a major tournament in, in the first round, but you can lose it. Uh, and a few guys have put, probably put themselves out of contention. But as you say, uh, Fowler and Shoffley will be uh, sitting back, I suspect, um, relatively or, or very, very comfortably uh, tonight, I, I would have thought. And again, a good start for Ryan Fox too. Let's not forget him. Uh, two under par round uh, inside the top 10 at the moment. Uh, there's a gap of about five shots between those two guys who, who shot eight under par and the rest. So uh, if you took those two guys away, Foxy is, is right there in the hunt, which is obviously outstanding to see. I want Foxy top 10 here. I, I want Foxy to finish at the top 10. I don't know if he wins. I don't know if he... Oh, he probably does. And I think he's been pretty open that he, he knows he can belong and can win a major eventually. I don't know if he thought it was going to be this one, although the course might suit. But if he finishes top 10 here... Everybody at the start of the year was pointing towards the Open. So if he can finish top 10 here and contend and hang with the big boys, watch out. So we'll watch that very closely. Guy, before we let you go, we've been asking everybody, top run scorer, most wickets, series result. We both love Baz. He's got a deep affinity for him. But on weight of texts and feedback we're getting, Australia look ominous. What about you? Uh, oh, oh, it's it's as much of an anticipated Ashes series for me since I've started watching cricket, which has been about 30-plus years. I cannot wait. Um, and that's a great question. All three of those are great questions. I think harking go past Steve Smith, the top run scorer, um, I think he'll just be so solid for Australia in, in that 3-4 in that spot, wherever he does bat um, throughout this series. I think England will win, though. Um, I think at home... Broad and Anderson, um, you know, any time he's got those two with a new Duke's ball in hand uh, is dangerous. And they have seemingly started to slide back to their best, which is a very, very ominous sign for England. Uh, And I would say Anderson will be top wicket taker. So I'll go Smith top run scorer, Anderson top wicket taker, uh, and England to win the series. Uh, But man, I cannot wait. I'll probably be wrong on all three of those things, and I'm happy to be if that is the case, because... Uh, as long as it's a great series and it's close and, and we get some enthralling test matches, if it's anywhere like it was in 2005, uh, we will be very, very fortunate sports fans to be sitting back and watching that. And Total, should I just yes. add very quickly, it's all going to be from the second test anyway, live on TVNZ. So I just had to get in, that, that in there for you. Uh, free-to-wear cricket on TV. How good.
Yeah, no doubt. In the, uh, for the first test, at the very least, you'll be listening uh, live on SCNZ from this evening. Uh, ball, of, of, course, ball. Louis, of course, mate. Of course. Right. Well, uh, another million dollar race on Karaka Million Night as well. So you, you'll be able to get your buttons undone very shortly again. And we'll see you there. Guy Val, appreciate your time. Pleasure, mate. Anytime. There you go. That's uh, Guy Havel, TVNZ, One News, Gun, loves his sport, loves his golf. And there you go. James Kerr's number one fan. Still to this day. Eight minutes away from 11. Call anytime. 0800 150 811. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Coming up to 11am rapidly, hopefully your morning's been going well. Double eight, double three, top run scorer, most wickets and series score. Get those three things right, you will win an outstanding prize, a lovely round of golf for four and a voucher for the clubhouse at Pegasus. Uh, of course, $300 Good Spirits bar tab and some tickets to the Warriors. Who wouldn't want that? Double eight, double three, entries close at midday. Right now, let's get to Pip Morris at TAB. G'day, Pip. How's your Friday? Hey, Louis, you're not too bad, thank you. Bit of a quiet one for me. Oh, wow. I'm sure that will, will change uh, later on, no doubt. Uh, what's going on, actually, this weekend? It's, uh, we've got jumps racing at Tarapa. What are you looking at? Yeah, we certainly do. I can tell you in race number two, the hurdle, Louis, it's very flash. Who's the best back there, following and behind Nedwin. So punters thinking maybe they can turn the tables on each other there. At Awapuni, is Tara Zeto the best back there by far? Manolo's been backed well there. Obviously, in the steeple, the Cossacks, the way they're going, maybe hopefully the TAB can come to the party and a boost him. He is very short at $1.30. Who'd you talking about the Ashes too? Just quickly, 43% of the turnover on Australia to win the first test. 24% on England and 32% on the draw. And as far as the turnover, there's 50-50 between the two sides. So hunters are quite split there on who's actually going to take out the whole series. Yes, totally agree they are. It's, it is a funny one. Baz, Baz Bull, England, Australia. You got, in one word, Pip, who are you leading? Oh, I'm going to go England. <laughs> just, just my gut feeling, I'm going to go England. Yeah. Fair enough. It's a funny one, the Ashes, because you just don't know who you want to lose more. But now Bears no. coaches England. That, maybe maybe that's unfair to say. Right, there's Pip Morris, DAV. All right, then, gambling responsibly as always. Oh, the mail run tomorrow with Matt Cross. That'll be an absolute doozy. We've got the good oil with Sticko and Clado as well. And in the next hour, oh, Smithy's going to come back. I'm certain of it. Alan Wilkins talking the Ashes. Who are you supporting? 1476 AM in Auckland. This is SENZ. It's Kiwi for sport. Arts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Well, Alan Wilkins is a former Glamorgan and Gloucestershire cricketer. He's one of the world's brilliant broadcasters. If there's ever a definition of an all-rounder, uh, this man has done it all. We've heard him uh, do cricket. We've heard him uh, do rugby, golf, tennis. He has been to all the big events around the world, and there's a really big event unfolding in England as we speak, uh, and that's the Ashes, which uh, starts tonight, New Zealand time. 
Uh, Alan Wilkins joins us from uh, his home in Wales. Good morning to you, New Zealand time. Good evening to you, Mr. Wilkins, uh, Welsh time. <laughs> yeah, time in Wales is the same as it is in London, so uh, we don't have our own time scale here. But Stockley, good to hear your voice, and it's uh, it, it, well, uh, we're all fascinated with this amazing contest that's going to start tomorrow. Uh, you know, uh, so many questions. So uh, I'm looking forward to chatting about it to you. So many matchups too, uh, Wilco. Uh, first of all, uh, what are you expecting from uh, the conditions at Edgebaston? Well, for the last four or five weeks, we have not had rain. Um, there's been uh, there's been isolated thunder showers, but it's been very very warm. Uh, the pitch that has been laid here, it's got some grass on it, but of course they can take the last cut on the morning of the match. There is some grass on it, but everyone's talking about the threat of Nathan Lyon because Nathan Lyon, with 487 Test wickets, is a far cry. From Moeen Ali, who's been drafted into the England side, uh, and the last time he played was 21 months ago, almost two years ago, that he last bowled with a red ball. So I think spin, Nathan Lyon, key factors in this uh, in this series. But they're, they're, I just want to give you a little quote here, Stockley, that to me, Pat Cummins, the Australian captain, sums up the the whole contest for me when he says that England are obviously a very good white ball team, but test cricket is different. The ball moves a bit differently. You can't always bat exactly like you would like to in a one-day game, and I think that's the strength of our bowling unit. Now, to me, that's the crux of this battle. I think it's... Uh, he summed it up beautifully, um, but we both know Brendan McCullum, and Brendan McCullum, I can see the f his face... Uh, scrunching as he hears that and saying, you watch us, you watch us, Paddy, you watch <laughs> us have a crack. So um, I think that, uh, to me, the essence of this uh, is the intent that England want to play it and whether Australia will let them. I think that might just sum it up. Yeah, 100%. Can, uh, that's, that's the huge question. Can, can England, you know, with Duckett and Crawley, Pope, Root, Harry Brook, Ben Stokes, how fit is the skipper himself, can they go at 100 miles an hour as they have done under Brendan McCullum? And incidentally, he hates the word basketball. You know, there always every newspaper, every radio show, every television show here talks about basketball, but he hates it. And, you know, he doesn't like that. He just says, all I have um, done with this England team is made them feel that if they fail, they don't have to worry about it. You, you know, he feels that go out there, express yourselves, be, you know, be who you want to be, uh, but don't worry. If it doesn't come off, don't worry about it. So, you know Baz. You know Brendan McCullum. I mean, the way he played his cricket was, was that was the way he did it, right? And I don't think he worried. He said, that's the way I play. That's the way I play for Kolkata Knight Riders. That's the way I play for the Black Caps. And I think he has installed in this England dressing room a sense of belief. But, as you say, Stockley, Will Australia allow them to do it? That's the huge question here. And no one, uh, I, I honestly, I, I really feel it's on a knife edge, the series. There's so much quality um, in both these sides, if you look down the list. But uh, they've got one thing in common. They've both got uh, opening partnerships who, um, well, I won't say are unproven, uh, because Warner and Kawaja have great numbers, but lately and in England conditions, those numbers, uh, particularly for Warner, Kawaja's never played that well in, in England. 
there's a big question mark over both opening combinations for me. Yes, there is, um, and and a lot of a lot of the um, pundits are saying it's it's Broad against Warner to set the tone. Stuart Broad has been selected for England ahead of Mark Wood. There's a question mark for me over the the strength of this England bowling lineup. But those opening partnerships, you're right. Usman Khawaja's got three centuries against England, all of them in Sydney. Hasn't got a century in England. David Warner has got centuries against England in, in Australia, not in England. So, so very much you're looking at that Australia lineup, Labuschagne, Smith and Travis Head. That's your engine room right there. For England, Ben Duckett, unproven, but he you know, recently got a big hundred. Zach Crawley, Ollie Pope. There's a big question mark about those first three for England. Joe Root coming at four. Harry Brook at five. And Ben Stokes at six. Bairstow gives them some ballast at seven with Moen Ali at eight. So I think to set the tone, you've got two 36-year-olds in Warner and Kuaja, And you've got two, uh, a 28-year-old Ben Duckett and 25 years of age, Zach Crawley. But his test average is 28, Zach Crawley. So I think there's question marks for England there. Uh, Ian Chappell is a very learned man. We both know him very well. He says um, he's a bit worried about the congestion of the series. It's, it starts and finishes very quickly by Ashes terms, which means that's a heck of a lot of workload in a short space of time. He believes uh, because of that, um, Australia might have an advantage because they've got slightly more depth in their quick bowling area. I think Chappelle's spot on. The first test starts tomorrow, June the 16th. And then it goes to Lords Headingley, Old Trafford, the Oval. It finishes July the 31st. There's not a test match in this country in August. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's because the home broadcaster wants the month of August for the 100, and it wants it for Premier League football. So can you imagine an Ashes Test Series, five tests in the space of 46 days? So fitness will be a key factor. There's a, there's a question mark about the uh, England lineup. You've got James Anderson, who hasn't played a lot in the last two months. Ollie Robinson has had an injury. Stuart Broad is the one bowler who's been playing red ball cricket for Nottinghamshire. And, of course, there's no Jofra Archer uh, to, to take his place in this side. Mark Wood has been out of cricket, hasn't played first class since December. Ben Stokes, heavily bandaged left knee. Will he bowl? He bowled in one match in, in the IPL for Chennai Super Kings. So I think there's a big question mark for England, much more than there is for Australia. And I think Chappelle's bang on there. Rightio, let's uh, look at uh, the two blokes that have given uh, Australia nightmares over the years. But uh, you and I are both uh, getting on a wee bit, Wilco. But so is Jimmy Anderson. <laughs> so is Jimmy Anderson and so is Stuart Broad, I think it's fair to say. And we've all had leg issues. Um, what, kind of, what, what kind of dividend are they going to get out of Jimmy Anderson in all likelihood here? Well, I, I think to watch him bowl uh, at Edgbaston, um, if England... I, I, You've got to watch him. He's 40 years of age. He's played 179 test matches. It's his 10th Ashes series. Stuart Broad, it's his 9th Ashes series. Jimmy, you know, uh, you, you, you feel how long can this guy keep going? He, he hasn't got the pace to bowl in Australia, but he's got the guile and the craft and the skills to bowl in England with the Duke's ball. So he can do it in this country. Will it be a swan song? It surely has to be. So what's the dividend? 
They, I think England are really looking to Jimmy Anderson with Stuart Broad. But will they open the bowling together? I'm not sure if they will. I think it could be Anderson and Ollie Robinson to take the new ball with Stuart Broad possibly to take the first change, except the David Warner factor. And you know that mm. Stuart Broad gets into David Warner uh, like, a, like a bad boar at the bar. You just can't get rid of him. He's talking to you all day long, and that's what he does to David Warner. I like the, the look of um, uh, the matchup uh, in the top spot. I mean, the Steve Smith-Joe Root matchup for me, I, I think is, uh, is going to be one of the symbols of this series because uh, this Steve Smith is playing some wonderful cricket and uh, we know what this all means to Joe Root. And uh, they're part of the Fab Four. I put Williamson in there. I, you know, I, 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 I put uh, yeah. Joe Root in there. I, I just think they're the Fab Four with Coley and... Um, I, I just think this matchup could also be quite a defining factor. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Steve Smith loves batting in England, you know. Um, I think it's something like uh, 11 test hundreds or, or 9 test hundreds in his last 11 outings here. Seven centuries, sorry. In his last 11 test matches in England, Steve Smith has got seven centuries. He needs just 53 more runs to reach 9,000 test runs. And of Australians... Ahead of him, only Alan Border, Steve Waugh, and Ricky Ponting. So he's greedy. He loves getting amongst bowlers, and he loves occupying the crease. And it's the same for Joe Root. I think Joe Root has found his mojo. He's averaging 50. Steve Smith averages 60. So these two guys are hungry, and they've got to want to, they've got to, want to eat this cricket. They've got to want to stay there. You know what it's like, Stockley. These guys, you know, this is where the question mark about baseball. Can Joe Root play the sort of way that England have played? Or if, when the chips are against the wall, against the likes of Stark and Hazelwood or Scott Boland and Nathan Lyon, do you, do you revert to test type? Is that what Joe... This is the big question. Can Joe Root go out there and play every shot in the book and hope to get 150? I'm not so sure that he can. You've played test cricket. You've played at the very highest level. There comes a time where you think, hell, we've got five days to occupy here. So I think you're right in the sense that Steve Smith and, and of course, Manus Labuschagne for Australia are absolutely key, as is Joe Root and, for me, Harry Brook batting at five. Great call because it's a nice segue into this question. Um, I mean, how much do we really know about Harry Brook and how much are we re about to find out? Uh, I think that's a $64 million question. He had a one century in the uh, IPL. Don't, don't go on IPL numbers. It's, it's a different game. At IPL or T20 cricket, that's, that's just something far removed from what Harry Brook has got ahead of him here. I first saw him in New Zealand in 2018 at the Under-19 World Cup. I even thought then, I thought, Phew, he looks a good player, this fella. Okay, move on five years. He's 24 years of age. He's got seven test matches, only seven, but he averages 81. So I, I think he's the real deal. A lot of players, Michael Vaughan, former Yorkshire and England captain, is, he's saying he's the real deal. And I think it's quite comfortable for him to be going in at five after Joe Root. So the pressure is not on him at, say, three, where Ollie Pope is going to go in. So, yeah, there's a question mark. Harry Brook, what has he got? Can he do it uh, at this level, against Boland, Cummings, Stark, Hazelwood, Nathan Lyon, uh, it's a huge question, Stockley.
Uh, there are so many questions, and they're about to be answered uh, tonight, um, New Zealand time, of course, tomorrow, England uh, English time, and that will be at Edge Baston, first test of five. I cannot let you go, Alan Wilkins, without asking you <laughs> just, a li- just a little bit, because there's a little matter of a Rugby World Cup at the end of the year. Just a little question or two about um, Warren Gatland and Welsh rugby, because I know you're quite passionate about that. <laughs> oh, Stockley. We're, we're in a bit of a mess here in Wales, I can tell you that. And um, it's not of Warren Gatlin's doing, I can tell you that. He had 12 great years here. The jury is out whether the recall of Warren Gatlin, you know, you've had a coach that's been for a dozen years. Do you, co- do you go back and say, come on, Warren, come and sort it out for us? There's a, Welsh rugby's been in a bit of a mess and has been for the last couple of seasons. A lot of top well-worn players have resigned, have, have finished. You know, you've got Alan Wynne-Jones, Justin Tipperick. They've said, no, we're not going to go to France. I think that makes it a bit easier for Warren Gatland. He's got to get young legs, fresh blood into this Welsh camp. But to have seen them in this last six months playing cheapest, you'd think, is this a Welsh rugby team? They lost to Georgia, lost to Georgia at Cardiff. They've lost the expression that is Welsh rugby, the, 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 the way to go out there and play, run the ball. Honestly, it, it looks as if, where's the leadership? So I hope that Warren Gatlin gets it back for Wales. He has got a huge task on his hand. And um, I think if we, when we run up against the likes of Fiji, they could bang us off the park. It, it, it could be ugly, but I think we've got a long way to go yet. Wilco, absolutely fantastic to catch up with you, mate. Um, and, and I know that you're about to sit down and have a pleasant little uh, vino to to end this uh, to end this day for you uh, with your wife. So uh, my best to her, and uh, I will so look forward to catching up with you, uh, perhaps uh, somewhere on the Asian continent in a, in a few months' time. That would be special. Love working with you. Stock, Stockley would be great. Lovely. Thanks for the chat. Really enjoyed it. Good luck, and let's see how it goes. Starting at Edgbaston. Cheers, Stockley. Yeah, cheers, uh, Alan Wilkins uh, from Wales. Uh, that's just fantastic. SENZ's Hawks Bay ratings better be going through the roof with Izzy and Smitty. You're listening to SENZ. It's Kiwi Sport. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Turn up the volume, we're crossing live to the sports desk. What's fresh? What's making waves? Let's find out. 23 minutes past 11, let's do that. Let's get to the sports desk and I feel like we're probably due for a US Open leaderboard update, aren't we? Ricky Fowler and Xander Schauffele scorching the earth and by the earth we mean the LA Country Club. No one had ever gone 62 in a US Open. Once before it happened in a Open. Uh, Other than that, no one's gone that low in a major before. 62, 62, 8 under. Unbelievable. Yes, the greens were a little bit softer. They, it's, it's overcast. It's not that baking, searing Los Angeles sun that you can get from time to time. So the wind down, uh, the greens softer, and I guess scoring, uh, day one pin placement scoring was available to those. And Rory McIlroy, he's gone out charging as well. He's on the ninth now. He's five under. Uh, and he's just put us on to the front of the green, the par three ninth. So we have a long booty putt to go six under. Brian Harmon, 
Oh, well, he is playing, he's on the 10th now, he's played some sort of round as well. He's five under to sit tied third with Rory Wyndham-Clark. Uh, he's on the 12th now, and he is four under. He has had a, a very, very sharp round so far. Be, uh, started with an eagle on the first hole, and he hasn't really looked back since then. Bryson DeChambeau, he went round in minus three, he got through a 67. Scotty Scheffler, ah, just the flat stick, the putter. Scotty Scheffler. Jeez, no one drives it better than him, well, apart from Rory. Uh, he's so solid with his irons, but just can he's prone to miss those one or two eight to ten, well, six to ten footers around at the moment, and it's really plaguing him. So he's gone through in a 67 as well, as has Si Woo Kim and Paul Bajon. Uh, Harris English, he's going good at the moment. He's three under through onto the 13th. Cam Smith has got a birdie putt. On the 10th, a pretty decent look at it, and he has drained it to go back to two under. Uh, on two under also, you've got the likes of Ryan Fox, Max Homer. Uh, we've got Joaquin Neiman. We've got Sam Bennett, the amateur. We've got Dustin Johnson. Um Victor Hovland back on one under, and from there, John Rahm ended up getting one under. He, he sat over par for a lot of his rounds, so good to see him finishing one under. Phil Mickelson, one under as well. A very up and down round. I saw Phil in some deep rough at some stage. So, that's your update on the US Open leaderboard as the uh, latest starters are just getting through their rounds now. Uh, lots of people through in the clubhouse for the day. Ryan Fox, importantly, looks like if he can put another solid round together tomorrow, he will be playing... Saturday, Sunday, golf at the US Open. Very, very exciting for Foxy. What else we got going on in the world of sport? Well, obviously it's a massive weekend. Uh, Ashes gets underway tonight. Ben Stokes, you just heard Wilco and Smithy there talking about uh, what fitness and what part fitness and health will have to play. I can't believe that. Five tests in 48 days. Was that right? I think it was about that. Gee whiz. That is tight scheduling. Very tight scheduling. So the depth of these squads will be tested out. But Ben Stokes, he's confident he's going to be able to bowl. He is confident that his health is going to let him bowl, let alone play five tests. So there you go. He knows his body well. Pat Cummins, it'll be interesting. Will both the skippers of these sides get through all five tests in that short window? Well, if one of them do, it'll go to a huge way to swinging it for their side because they're the two of the most, if not the most, influential cricketers in the world at the moment. And on that, so many texts coming through here on double eight, double three with your predictions. Top run scorer, top wicket taker, and the series result. Remember, we've got a massive prize up for grabs here. So send your name in, double eight, double three. You've got about well, half an hour longer to text those through. Uh, Pete says, what would Steve Smith's average be if he played with Don Bradman's bat or on the same pitches? Pete, don't know. Can't answer that. No idea. Maybe he would have been as good. No, I won't say that. That'd be silly. But you never know. I mean, I guess we're just, it's a its a great hypothetical, Pete, but there's no way to tell. All I know is he is probably the dominant cricketer of this generation. Actually, he is, really. Weird, Weirdly that he keeps dropping hints that he might be retiring soon. I just would have thought that, I don't know why, I just would have thought that Steve Smith would have been the sort of guy that will just bat and bat and bat and bat and bat forever because what else is he going to do with his life? I don't know. I don't know. I think the Sandpaper Gate situation kind of aged him, and I mean, his entirely his doing, uh, along with David Warner and uh, Bancroft. But I think maybe it just 
not soured him, but just deflated Steve Smith's zest for it all, I think, a little bit. But then he's come back and he's found extraordinary form again. So who knows? I just am surprised at the thought of him walking away in his peak, and I still think he very much is in his extended prime. Steve Smith, Pat Cummins, Ben Stokes, Jimmy Anderson, so many different storylines there. And, of course, the Warriors get a buy around this week, but that doesn't mean the NRL's not going on, uh, Brian. We've got a, a full game of NRL. We'll have some commentary on ECNZ. You are the league man. What is the game of the round, in your opinion? Uh, it's probably got to be tonight's game. Um, the Cowboys and the reigning premiers, Panthers, the understrength Panthers. And I'm, I'm interested to see what these Cowboys are. I thought they were done. They came out two rounds ago, put 45 points on the storm, and then had a bye. So they're back from their bye round. This is probably going to be the game of the round. And then later on, you've got the uh, Eels and Sea Eagles. They hate each other. No one, I don't think two clubs hate each other more. Uh, so that will be uh, a must-watch for me as well, and and it's and it's at a friendly time for us at seven thirty p.m. So so that's cool. And then one more thing, I'm also looking forward to there. Israel Adesanya's got a couple of his kids, um, Marvin Vittori and the Gorilla, are fighting uh, this weekend for the right to fight for the number one contendership for another shot eventually at Izzy. So there's also the UFC card on Sunday. I'm really looking forward to. Nothing will ever scale the heights and anticipation of the Pereira rematch. And this is the issue with the middleweight division. It took Israel Adesanya to get stopped before that kind of zest and interest for it came back, right? Absolutely. It shot his stocks up out the roof too. Mm, Both of them. Certainly Certainly did. Hey, you got the uh, F1 Canadian Grand Prix this weekend as well. Verstappen, a dollar thirty favourite. Uh, I saw that he said that if he didn't win, he wanted Fernando Alonso to win. I mean, what's Checo meant to think? <laughs> oh, dear. F1's brilliant. F1 underrated sport as far as drama and personalities go. Or maybe it's not. Actually, it probably isn't underrated. It just is what it is. Ah, fantastic stuff. A couple of more texts here. Brett, oh, I forgot to ask Cavalt about his Jill Sulky win. Brett, yes, he did beat Sumo and he did uh, beat Beaver. That was fantastic. Fantastic. Aren't both of those men over six foot and a hundred kgs each? Oh, that's stiff on sumo, mate. He's a trail runner. He's quite solidly built, though. Beaver certainly is. He looked like a bit piece of weaponry getting around the football field in Waiuku the other day. Didn't he uh, just? Good, good on. I mean, probably MVP of the week. Beaver's hips and knee joints just carrying him through. Unbelievable effort. <laughs> Fantastic. Keep your text coming through. Double eight, double three. Top run scorer. Uh, top wicket taker. Who wins this series and by how many? Uh, really looking forward to New Zealand versus Australia and the Ashes tonight. Brilliant that New Zealand finally gets to play in it. There you go. Somebody is on Team Baz. Time for stumped Smithy. Although Smithy is still maybe... Uh, grumpy that we wanted to talk about James Kerr. Nah, Smithy's uh, he's had to shoot out. He's got important things to do, but that's all right. We'll get you through till midday. Stump Smithy, 0800 What do we have? $50, Brian? Is it just the 50 Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because Rob from Gore yesterday managed to snatch it. Come through. You're taking on me, so it's a pretty much a gimme today. There's no way I'll win this. Absolutely no chance I'll win this. Brian's the Quizmaster. 0800 Let's do it. Stump with Smithy after this. Auckland weather periods of rain developing this morning, possibly heavy at times with easterly winds. We've got a high of 14, dropping to an overnight low of 9. You can catch The Ashes tonight, live commentary from 9pm on SENZ or the SENZ app.
Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Right, let's do it, Brian. Take me on. Yes. Who are you got? Who we got? Uh, today we have uh, Scott from Wellington up first. How are you going, Scott? Yeah, good things, Brian. How are you going? Yeah, yeah, good mate, good mate. Um, weather all good down down your ways? Yeah, it's actually a uh, beautiful blue sky today. No wind, which is surprising for Wellington. Hey, can't beat it. You must be having that one good day a year they all talk about, mate. Oh yeah, you've got to enjoy them when they come because it changes very quickly. <laughs> no, no. Hey, um, listen. The uh, options you have to stump Louis today are cricket, basketball, and football. What would you like to choose? Uh, I'll go football, please. Righty, righty. Hey, Louis, how uh, confident are you? What sort of football? This is American football, I take it. No. No, mate. The, the, the soccer. Soccer. Ah, oh, with the with the uh, penalty kicks. Yes. PKs. Foot, football. PKs. Football, all right. PKs. First question. The FIFA Women's World Cup kicks off in 34 days with our ferns taking on Norway at Eden Park. What year was the tournament first contested? Oh, I would say maybe in the 90s, maybe 1999. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. It's through to the keeper. He's out of his crease. So you're saying when was the first FIFA Women's World Cup? It's exactly it, yes. All right, and it's uh, 2003. Yeah, right, so... 23. Uh, 99. Let's go... It would be the 90s, I'm pretty sure... Uh, 95. One of the worst things no. I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Dead right, gentlemen, was the 90s, 1991. Oh! Oh. Yeah. If it was closest, you would have won that, Louis, but uh, unfortunately it's <laughs> yeah, not. closest to the pin. <laughs> okay, second question. There have been eight tournaments so far, with the current champions, USA, winning four of those. Can you name one of the other nations... To win the FIFA Women's World Cup? Oh, I would say. Oh, probably China. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a. Oh, it's another edge and through to the keeper. I don't know. I just, for some reason, I think at some stage Brazil was really good at women's football. Is that your final answer? Yeah. One of the worst things oh. I have ever oh. seen done on a cricket field. Uh, Germany have won it twice, Japan once, and the team we go up against first, Norway once. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. Last question. Along with Norway, can you name the other two nations in the football friends pool, Group A? Uh, Philippines and... Are you locking in Sweden? I'll lock in Sweden, yeah. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. One more chance mm. for the keeper. 
Oh, gee, the, the music stopping was really, uh, really off-putting, wasn't it? Um, so the other two teams in the football friends pool at this upcoming World Cup. So we got Norway. The Ferns. We got the Philippines. I think Scott was right. And he said Sweden. Did he? Is that, he, he, is did, that he did say Sweden. Right. I think Philippines is right. I really don't know. I really don't know. I feel like I should know this. But I feel like Sweden wasn't far away. Um, it's not England. Oh, I don't know. I'll say Spain. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Oh, genuine, you're both going to kick yourselves at Switzerland. Ah, the Swiss. Well, do you know what, Scott? You deserved that because you were close with Sweden and I was not with Spain. So, uh, fair play. We didn't get a single question right between us and you somehow win. So, it's the greatest rort of a game ever. That's why it's the best game. <laughs> that's the that's the best that's the best game. Well done, Scott. Uh, who, hey, you're completely impartial. Who wins tonight, Crusaders Blues? Um, I'm not actually a ranking man, Louis. I'm a league man. Um, oh, I'll, perfect. I'll, you're, you're really impartial then. I'll, I'll I'll say the Blues. Yeah, right. Perfect. Okay, Scott. You have a fantastic weekend, mate. You have a fantastic weekend. I'll just take that one on the chin. Scott, well done. He's too good. Brian, stay on the line with Brian there, Scotty. And uh, we'll be back very shortly to wrap up the week. We might even try and get some harness racing action. We'll try and track down one of the gurus in this country. Back with that after this. The Rugby World Cup is coming to SENZ. We'll have live commentary of all the biggest games, the All Blacks, Irish, French and more, right here. Can we bring the Web Alice Cup home? When it comes to farming, some things are easy to control. Oi, get back in there. But when it comes to climate change, it's a whole different beast. Overseer FM is a high-tech software tool that's designed to put farmers in control to drive change by creating sustainable farms. In other words, it helps save the environment and your back pocket by taking the guesswork out of farming. Find out where your farm is at at Overseer FM and together we can help drive your farm forward. Overseer, choices for farmers. It was back around the time Ethereal was winning the Melbourne and Caulfield Cups that Garrard's Horse and Hound served their first customer. Now, after 20-plus years supplying specialty products to the equine and canine industries in New Zealand and Australia, Garrard's is a household name. Garrard's Horse and Hound guarantees expert advice, stocks the largest range, and promises great monthly specials. Equine, canine, feline. Garrard's in Christchurch, Pukekohe, Cambridge, or horseandhound.com.au. Tradies and builders, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. You can get access to Power Pass pricing with flexible payment options. Plus, self-checkout and store with the PowerPass app. So sign up to PowerPass today. Bunnings Trade. Helping business is our trade. Terms and conditions apply. Watching some sport? Think the Cav. The Cav Gastro Pub is the home of sport in Ponsonby. Meet your mates for mate against mate. It's State of Origin Game 2. Wednesday, June 21st. Will Reese Walsh, Munster and DCE help Queensland win two in a row? Or will a desperate New South Wales with Latrell, Haz and Tommy Turbo get revenge? The Cav have it. Live and loud. So catch State of Origin Game 2 Wednesday, June 21st at the Cav Gastropub, the home of sport in Ponsonby, on College Hill and Facebook. 
Catch all things chasing, pacing and racing with TAB Trackside TV on the SCNZ app. Plus, watch all the racing from New Zealand and around the world. Just go to SCN TV or your Today screen to start watching now. She struck the lead after Triumph with the one. TAB Trackside TV, it's often racing on the SCNZ app. SCNZ, it's Kiwi for sport. Ringers Western fans, footy is back. So whether you're on the field or in the field, they've got you covered with sportswear and apparel to get you decked out for the big game. Check out their exclusive range of boots and work shirts to suit your individual country style, along with all your sportwear, including caps, t-shirts, and so much more. Ringers Western has the perfect fit to suit your style from paddock to pub. Ringers Western, your partner in sport. Check out ringersweston.com. Get into Super Liquor this week for super hot deals on all your faves like Mix and Match 2 for 85 on Bells, Gordons and Smirnoff 1 litre. Grab a Karuba 1 litre for just $47.99 or get 2 for 50 on Steinlager Classic 15 pack bottles or 2 for 40 on Beck's Beer 12 pack bottles. Check out Super Wine Specials like 2 for 25 on Stonely, Marlborough and Lighter Range. Terms and conditions apply. Cheers to that. Super Liquor. Cheers to that. Are you the One New Zealand Warriors one big fan? Then we want to hear from you on the One New Zealand Warriors voicemail. Kia James Te here. Huge Warriors supporter. Been Warriors supporter from day one. No second team. Me and the whanau love the Warriors. Hi, I'm nominating my mum, Dot Eaton, because ever since I was a kid, it was Warriors, Warriors, Warriors. She has a Warriors tattoo on her arm of the logo, and she also had a Warriors theme birthday. I am the number one fan. My grandkids now coming through. They're all going to be Warriors supporters. That's me, number one, all the way. Thanks, bro. Think you can match that? Give us a call. You could win a VIP trip to a game in Australia for the 2024 season, plus signed Warriors merch and stacks of other great stuff. Call 0800 37 Go Warriors to leave a voicemail. It's your year. Terms and conditions apply. The Run Home on SENZ. Motorsport ace Liam Lawson joins us from Japan. What is your pre-race routine? I listen to a lot of music. I keep the music going until pretty much I get in the car. Angry music? Probably more more rare than anything. Have you ever seen the movie Interstellar? Yes. Oh, yes. I listen to some of the, some of the music from that <laughs> as well. You yeah, can't use Interstellar to psych yourself up. <laughs> Discover the road less travel with MGHS plug-in hybrid. Kirsten B back today from 3pm on ECNZ. ECNZ, it's Kiwi for Sport. Keep up to date on Twitter and Instagram at ECNZ underscore radio. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. Uh, ECNZ, we are 16, 16 minutes away from 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, 9 o'clock. Uh, 12 o'clock this morning. Just trying to get through to our man Matt Cross to talk some harness racing. We'll be on the mail run tomorrow morning. And uh, I'll tell you what, we've got plenty more that we want to get into around this, the stakes increases and all sorts of the like. A couple of texts here. Uh, Mikey is encouraging everybody to go hard at the rugby tonight Sing your heart out Yeah, appreciate that, Mikey Somebody makes a good point around uh, Daniel Anderson Stadium um, at Mount Smart I would call Mount Smart Name Mount Smart after Sunny Fi Nice thought Hadn't really thought of that And Rob 
is having a great Friday. He says, the guys are cheap, talking about Steve Smith. Never, ever compare him to Don Bradman. Noted. Rob? Absolutely noted. Right, uh, let's talk some harness racing, and actually let's just talk some racing. Actually, let's maybe not even talk racing. Let's just get to Matt Cross. He's the caller in this part of the world down here in Canterbury. Uh, hrnz.co.nz. Tonight we have Franco Sinatra. I think that's the name of the horse going around for the Dalgettis as our pacing for purpose horse. Maddie, welcome. Are you calling tonight? I, I am, but I've listened to many radio stations telling me that I'd better get on the road nice and early because there's plenty happening there tonight at Addington, of course, with Orange Theory Stadium, literally a hop, skip and a jump. Well, I'm not sure where to really look tonight, Louis, whether I focus fully on the, the rugby with one eye on the races or the other way around. The atmosphere, you can obviously hear it, hear it from the caller's box there at the Addington Raceway, and I'm actually gutted that I'm, that I'm not there, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure where my heart lies tonight. Fair enough. Yeah, you've got a busy wee bit, because you're back here with me at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Look, I was kind of hoping, I mean, mostly I wanted to get you on just to brief you that I'm probably going to be in pieces tomorrow morning either way. Um, maybe emotionally, but hopefully not emotionally, and hopefully just physically, because I enjoy myself, because things are going great for the Red and Blacks. So you've got a big night calling. You've got nine races. So maybe I probably went a bit early. I mean, I know you're the ultimate professional and you'll, you'll be here on time and be able to carry us on the mail run. But I thought you might just be able to get a quiet night yourself and uh, do the heavy lifting. Well, it's an emotional roller coaster, as you know. And, and whether you throw in a couple of brown waters along with those emotions, which can obviously intensify that sort of thing, it's going to be a tough watch. I can't imagine that the Crusaders are going to put 20 points on the blue and Blues and Crews away from half-time. No. I'm, I'm picking that it's going to be a really anxious up-and-down ride. There's going to be some massive lows. There's going to be some massive highs. But I hope for the Red and Black supporters that it's massive highs. I actually heard a few people on the show this morning talking to you and Smithy about all of the pressure being on the Crusaders' home <laughs> semi-final. Well, I reckon that with the firepower of the Blues, the Blues will be going in with a fair bit of confidence and, and the Crusaders will just stick to the process. They'll do it for Razor. Class. They're all class, Louis, as we know, but I'm hoping that you and I aren't sitting there in the morning with our, our heads in our hands disinterested in the mail <laughs> run because I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding a couple of winners with you there tomorrow. But, hey, two red and black supporters talking to each other here on the radio. There's going to be no arguments from either of us that the Crusaders are, are the team to beat. It's a really interesting dynamic we've, we've got because usually, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know how and what's wrong with Michael Guerin. There's plenty, but he, he is from the West Coast. He's plenty wrong with them. He's from the West Coast. For whatever reason, he despises the Crusaders. He's lived in Parnell too long, and it would be perfect tomorrow morning if he was there to kind of balance me out in whatever which way, but instead it's just you and I. So it might be a bit nauseating, not just for us uh, from the Brown Wars, but for the listeners if, if the Crusaders do get up. Anyway, we'll cross that bridge when we have to. Uh, Franco Sinatra, is he just going through everybody's multis tonight in, in race six? We've just got our 50 on the nose at $2 just to double up for uh, our chosen charity. What do you reckon? Yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm really liking that bit, Louis. He raced at Ashburton a couple of weeks ago in a strong race, and he got back over the sprint trip, and they went hard up front, and he never really got into it, but he did find the line quite nicely. Loves Addington. He'd be able to put himself up on the race. Cran and Chrissy, they'll get their stable are going well with their son Carter, obviously, kicking 
some massive goals. I think you might be on the money there, Louis. You won't be too far away, and I, I would say that you've done the right thing getting on nice and early because generally with those sort of horses, if a couple of the favourites roll in early in the day, the bookies start running scared and they start shortening those types in. So you might have got a nice and early and got the best price there, to be fair. Oh, he's shortened all the way already. He's a dollar sixty, so who knows what he'll start. Um, absolute dynamite in race seven is going to be a shortener as well, though the Conquer has taken some money, um, 16s into 12s as I look at it now. Anything else you, you like look, liking the look of tonight? I mean, it's not the most glamorous night of harness racing action, but there are a bunch of honest horses that are going to go around and get their chance. You actually brought up the race that I liked one, an absolute dynamite race. I... I Absolute Dynamite's one of those horses that he just does himself a mischief at the start sometimes. He's generally not that quick away, and, and being a big field, he could end up in the back half and then having to do some work because he's generally not very fast. At, but one horse in there, well, the Conqueror is one of them. That's where your money's coming from because he's one of the best standing start horses in Canterbury. He flies the tapes, puts himself up on the speed. He is a bit of an opportunist, but is generally in the right spot. But I think there's a horse in there with, more promise than most, and, and that's not being disrespectful, but Shepherd's Delight is his name. He's about $7.50. He's got a really good barrier draw, and I think he might be quicker than the Conqueror away from the tapes. He, he led them up in the race that Franco Sinatra was actually in at Ashburton last time, so it's a considerable drop in class that he gets, and he's a very good standing start commodity, so it'd be happy to play him each way in that particular standing start race, and then one horse who was in everybody's black book goes around in the first race tonight. His name's Point Break. He ended up getting shuffled back. There was a horse that was taking him no turning for home, and he flew late in a maiden affair here last week when he was odds on. He's about 2.10 again tonight. If you're looking for something nice and early in the program to kick some multis off, I think he's the one. Brendan Hill, Ricky May, Shades of Monkey King from back in the day. Hopefully, Louie, that seems like a, a long, long time ago, but he looks pretty hard to stop. Love it. I love it whenever you start throwing those names around. And just one, I'm just cobbling together a little multi here because that's the sort of bloke I am as we speak. Uh, anything I need to be wary of or can feel confident about, what the bell, 450 into 380, race number eight. Mark Jones, Sam Otley, we know what sort of combination that I've got there. Um, back to mobile. What do you think? Wide gate? Should be $2. And if you're getting 380 take it and run because he's a very talented horse and the thing about him is he's very fast taking on a field of horses who have been around many many times and he's just got that speed that he should be able to sit somewhere in midfield and run over the top of them what the bell i reckon he's a he's a flip of the coin run race 100 times he wins it 50 times i think so what's that two bucks you're getting 380 so as they say in the land of the tab a touch of overs if you will $2 top two. Matt, I love it when you're confident. Love it. There's nothing nothing that warms my heart more when you're confident. So we'll see you back tomorrow morning on the mail run. Enjoy your night. Stay off the brown waters because I won't be. I, I guarantee you I won't be on the waters. I'll be working until 10 o'clock tonight. Straight on the morning. Beautiful. There you go. That's Matty Cross. hrnz.co.nz. And I've just put together a four-leg multi. Point break win. Frank Sinatra win. Shepherd's Delight top three. What the Bell top two. Races one, six, seven, eight. Staffy after this.